Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, August the 1st, 2020. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Hey, I'm whining about heat. And Robert Kemp. So hot. <laughs> so hot right now. So hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> oh, that, um, that classic Sonic Rush Adventure soundtrack. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, it just Sample. totally samples that. Oh right, <laughs> it's like it's it's like most it's like almost all the town music has that in, doesn't it? Like Fulu. It's, I, it's weird. It's it's a weird sample to take and then just like fill the game with. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite strange. Did they license that? I mean, I guess they have to, right? Someone has right. to clear the samples at some yeah, point. Pre- presumably, that's like a um, one-hit wonder, isn't it? That. Whatever. I don't know who did feeling hot. No. No, I've got no idea who did that. I think it's from some from an island. <laughs> Whether it's a Caribbean from an island. island, I'm not sure. What the the, the the whole island released the single? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't. What, know. Record, what record? What record label are you under? Jamaica. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> seems like something that could happen though. Like have a have a. Those kind of Caribbean island situation, or I guess more like Cuba or whatever, where they just have one company that runs everything on the island. It's, it's the music corporation yeah. of Jamaica. St. Lucia. A wing of the so, Communist Party is the music <laughs> the music division. Not division, what would it be? Department. Squadron. <laughs> music squadron. <laughs> and the music squadron. We fight our enemies with beautiful tunes. So how are you coping the, with the heat, Sitch? Not well. Ah. I, I mean, it's only been like a day of like <laughs> really hot. I mean, it was ridiculous yesterday, wasn't it? Wasn't it 37 yeah. or something when I walked outside? Yep, something like that. And you could definitely feel it here. I don't think it was quite that high here, but like still pretty ridiculous. Mm. And then just... Yeah, oh, man, it just brings out the worst in me. <laughs> really? What do you start doing? I become well, nothing. That's the problem. I just oh, I, lethargy. And I, I form a puddle somewhere. Just, just widen myself. I become a widened flat Audi. <laughs> Audi. No one's gonna get that reference. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't even get that reference. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. I literally had a nap yesterday. It's one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's like you need a siesta, pretty much. To, yeah. To deal. And I was still super knackered even afterwards. I had me nap. Didn't help. I got up, immediately got hot again, and then was like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Not refreshed at all? No. How long's like an optimum nap, would you say? So they say a power nap is like half an hour, right? I think it's just 10 minutes you can do even. Like, or is oh, it 15 God. minutes? Because there's a trick where you I think you I'm can... just getting settled at that point. Well, there's a really stupid trick where you can... Because um... there's a slight delay from like um, the caffeine in coffee. Like, So if you, if you down a coffee, then have a nap, then when you wake up um, 10 minutes later... It, the caffeine, the caffeine is kicking in at that point, so you can like get huh. 
Yeah, it's a weird so technique. You get, you get your own your own body's wake up juices helping the caffeine wake yeah. up juice. Uh, well, yeah, but it would have to be like an espresso, right? It's a down pretty much, to... but that's fine. Just pop an espresso. Shut. I have to admit, it's been incredible, like even harder than usual to begin any sort of meaningful work without a coffee in me. Yeah, I'm pretty much reliant on it now. I need to uh, and, have one in I need to. I need to get like, if only my machine could make this proper espressos rather than like filter coffee, because then I could start making proper iced coffees. Ah, oh, yeah. What an espresso Which machine? Be... Is that like a totally different kind of machine? I guess it is. Well, I, I guess it is. Yeah, because because it like it just makes less, right? And it's more, but it's more intense. Yeah, under pressure or whatever. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it would be worth looking at those like weird pod things. Well, yeah, have a bean machine and an espresso machine. Yeah, yeah, because you because you can do it in those, but I think like you you probably have to make a um. I guess they have a cold button on those machines. I don't know, but. Hmm. Well, how do you even make an iced uh, coffee? Does well, you, does the coffee warm at first, well, you, and then you put a bunch? Yeah, of ice I in think it. you have to make the espresso the normal way. Yeah, and then chill the espressos mix or whatever yeah and so it's so that so that's already cold and then you make a a you know milk heavy espresso drink with ice in it yeah with a bunch of ice mm. i like coffee but it doesn't really appeal to me like uh cold oh really oh i yeah. like a good iced coffee is lovely yeah i haven't really tried maybe i just haven't given it a chance iced coffee yeah it's one of those things that definitely I didn't see the appeal until the last couple of years, I think. Oh, really? Just like, and then mm. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I think yeah. I accidentally had a Frappuccino. I think <laughs> like, I, I, it was just like, oh, this is cold. Oh. Oh, oh this is actually really good. <laughs> oh, interesting. I have this weird thing where, like, I, I, I have... Well, actually, now I have flat whites and stuff, but, like, usually I have just straight just black coffee or whatever, but I don't like anything that's, like, coffee-flavoured. Like, I don't understand. Oh, yeah, I'm, would... I'm with you there. Coffee why would chocolate. you have coffee Like, who wants cake? that minstrel? Yeah, or, yeah. I don't understand. Like, just have a coffee and a chocolate cake. Don't have a coffee cake. That's weird. Is it the minstrels that have all the flavours? Oh, no, I'm, I'm thinking of something else, aren't I? Um, well, minstrels are, like, the galaxy... Like Smarties, the big yeah, but, Smarties, and they've um, presumably there's a coffee flavored sweet in like a box of roses or or something, is there? Or or Quality Street? Is there? A, I don't know if they do anymore. Actually, I don't think Good. they've got a coffee one in there anymore. Get rid of them. Um, yeah, it was anyway. There was that ad on TV, wasn't there, where it was like losing because it's like forty forty lost because he his opponent had eaten a a coffee thing, whatever it was, and he was like coffee, and the other guy was just like I like coffee. <gasps> <laughs> I can't remember what they were now. I think they were a, a Galaxy or Nestle branded thing. Zach, hmm. like you're the candy aficionado. What, what were they? That doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> Galaxy or Nestle is like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally <laughs> every opposed, sweet you can buy. As opposed to Cadbury's and Mars, I mean. But like, they, when they um. They they come in like a brown pack with lots of shades of orange, yellow, and brown on them, and they're yeah, there's several of those though, <laughs> even with brownness on the packet. Hmm. I can't remember. They're called like choices or something. I don't know. <laughs> choices. They're not randoms. That's something else. Is but... that a real thing? 
randoms. Randoms, yeah. I think they're like um, a round trees, like gummy thing. Well, they basically try to, they basically try to riff, riff, off, riff off licorice all sorts, but with gummies instead of li- licorice. Or <laughs> <laughs> mm. it's like it's so, a bunch of random shapes and different flavors mashed into one bag. Like we couldn't think time. of a name, so we just called them randoms. I mean, that is technically what all sorts kind of means. <laughs> That's true. It's just a modern way of saying all sorts. Licorice everythings. No, you should call them licorice all the things. <laughs> licorice all the things. It's like it's a verb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get licorice in this tin. Dog. Yo, dog, I heard you like licorice. <laughs> Yo, dog. <laughs> I'm sure there was a brand of bubble gum that was just called Yo at one point. Because it was wound up like a yo-yo. It might have been called yo-yo, actually. Do you chew gum these days at all? No. No, neither do I. I cannot remember the last time I had any form of gum product. I never really did, though. I don't really... I think I, I, think I used to, actually. Like, weirdly, when I... Like, gum seemed to be the thing when I was at school, which is, I guess, why it stuck to so many tables. Yeah. But... Like you, someone, someone would always have the airwaves, and you'd be like, "Ooh, airwaves, strong stuff." <laughs> was that the super strong stuff? But the thing is, it's like super strong for like ten seconds, and then it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it becomes nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so just dumb. a whoosh. It wasn't like the four uh, X extra strong mints. Oh no, hurricane strength. Yeah, in the black packaging. Now those were mints. Oh, I could do with some of those. Hmm. They're like chalky, right? Yeah. Yeah. My granddad used to get those. Those four X, and there was another like tree ball one, I think. Yeah. So I mean, I'm pr- there was there was the four X, and I think I, I don't think four X and Hurricane Strength were the same brand. Right. They were the, I think they might have been two different products, but. Man, there's all kinds of sweets and things that I just never get anymore. So I don't. Well, yeah, I don't really buy that sort of stuff. The only real candy no. I buy now is pretzel flips, <laughs> if that even counts. They're pretty good, though. They are pretty good. I did get a pack out of the fridge just in case I needed a little energy boost halfway through this podcast. Good plan. <laughs> I've been eating more salt Mars than bars sugar, but... my... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't eaten them for years, but I was like, well, <laughs> this will get me through. I do like a Mars. Yeah, I do like a Mars bar. Yeah, they're good. Although not when it's this hot. <laughs> well, no, it'll be Mars mush. Well, you can bar. keep them in the fridge. That's what my dad used to do. I think I've always kept any kind of chocolate product in the fridge. In the fridge, yeah. I don't trust it being uh, just left to the elements. Mm. It's, not, it's only if you nothing... don't eat it immediately. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Nothing worse than picking up a chocolate bar that you think should be solid and it's like already bending before you've opened the packet and you're like, yeah, maybe, oh, maybe no. I won't open that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Maybe that needs to go back in. And then you feel all sad because it's like, oh, I can't have my chocolate right now. Hmm. I'll have a tomato instead. 
if your if your chocolate's already melted and mushed or whatever, like inside the packet, and then you put it in the fridge and it goes like solidifies into that shape, is it just as easy to remove the packaging as if it was normal, or would would there I don't, be some I don't know difficulty if it, to it? I don't know if it really binds to the plastic to yeah. the packaging, right? It's just because it's wondering. mushy. Yeah. So it would no longer stick when it was no longer mushy, right? And then you could just take it off. Yeah, I think. That's I mean, it might true. be all like the chocolate might be all flaked and cracked on the inside, so it might like spill everywhere a bit more mm. than it usually would. Yeah. Mm. Or the opposite, it might have all mushed together a bit more. Depends what the like substrate underneath the chocolate is, I guess. <laughs> well, if it's a Cadbury's flake, you're probably making it more structurally sound, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then you'll probably like pick it up, and it'll be like a third of the actual size in the in the, <laughs> in the, in the packet. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, like... <laughs> I've realised what flakes are now. <laughs> what about arrows? <laughs> yeah, they'd they'd be pretty bad, I reckon. I think probably. Like in an aero, it would probably actually keep all that air in it, even if the chocolate had melted. Like it probably would separate inside the packet. Because hmm. I bet the chocolate is probably viscous enough, even when it's liquid, to actually still keep the bubbles inside. Hmm. Maybe. It depends if that bubbly stuff is actually made of a different type of chocolate. <laughs> it's probably not that different. A different mix. It still definitely melts at the same type, kind of temperatures, so it can't be that much different. All right, here's the fight: Whisper versus Aero. Uh, hmm. And not not your fancy ass arrows either, like your not your arrow. mint arrow that we always used to get <laughs> after games or whatever. Oh yeah, we did because it was like it was the one nice thing in that vending machine. Yeah, it was like six <laughs> p. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I probably would go for Whisper, yeah, if it, unless it was a fancy arrow. Yeah, I'm with you. And these days, I think I'd prefer a Whisper because it's uh, like I'm, I'm I'm more side with my chunky chocolates now. Yeah. Agreed. Quite like a Yorkie bar. Well, when they were big. They're no longer big. <laughs> They're quite diddy now. What do they call it? Shrinkflation. Yeah, shrinkflation. Yeah. It's like we're not gonna we're not gonna change the price of our product. No, we're just gonna make the product crap. We'll just give you less. Yeah. <laughs> gonna give you fewer Toblerone triangles. That one was ludicrous. But luckily, I don't eat Toblerone because I'm allergic to nuts, so it doesn't affect me. Mm. <laughs> But I mean, how they thought they could get away with that, or maybe they did. I can't tell if they did it on purpose <laughs> to generate to, to sit and what to get negative hype and then be yeah. like, "We put it back." Yeah, exactly. We're the good guys. Could be. People say that about New Coke, right? That it was on purpose. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's because it's well, they shrunk the bottle sizes because of sugar tax, because they didn't want to raise their prices for the the actual Coke bottles, so mm. they made all the bottles smaller. Except they then did it across the entire line. Including all Coke Zero bottles and things like that as well. Mm. So you know, a bit of side A, a bit of side B. They're going to try it where they can, and Coke is a big enough brand to get away with it. You see, Coke are getting into coffee. Are they? They're making coffee what? in a can. What? What's the brand? Coke. Coke. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah, 
I haven't quite seen what the what the actual. I haven't seen it in full, but I've only seen like the top. You know, sort of thumbnail on Facebook as I was scrolling through, and it's just like yeah, the top of the, it looks. The top of the can looks a lot like like a tall can. You know, those spin ones, like a Red Bull can. All right. Where it looked a bit like that anyway, just with a little label on it that tells you the flavour, whether it's a dark roast or a caramel roast. Oh, weird. You have to try that. Yeah. It seems to be a feature of this podcast is like Rob introduces the new Coke flavour. <laughs> Remember you talking about Coca-Cola Light or whatever it was in the green cans, which didn't oh, God, last oh, long. Yeah. yeah, Coke Life. Life, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Made with natural sweeteners instead yeah. of... That didn't but I think, work, did it? Well, they might have just folded that into zero in the end, I guess, because like mm. people, maybe they what just made all the natural stuff in zero now. I doubt maybe. it. It's probably still full of aspartame. Yeah, but... yeah, it's weird. I've got Coke Zero in front of me right now. <laughs> I'm in no way sponsored or affiliated by Coca Cola. <laughs> It's just a constant bombardment of advertising from the very moment we were born. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes us pr- prefer the taste of Coke. <laughs> I got a. Uh, in, I'm um... trying to work out actually, if I've experienced more Coke ads than Pepsi ads because Pepsi ads are quite in your face as well. Like they're, they're all because cinemas and stuff are all like tend to be have a Pepsi deal rather than a Coke yeah. deal. Like you see these big flashy neon epilepsy inducing ads before every film, pretty much. Yeah, and then of course Pepsi Man. I got a a um, takeaway the other day, and it came with a mystery can which had like a a sticker around it or something, which was like try this cola or whatever, and then reveal the um, you know try the taste and then reveal the brand or whatever. And I was which like, which is well, almost certainly a Pepsi. This thing. is bound to be Pepsi. I was like, and I tried it, and it was like. Ugh. Virgin Cola. I, <laughs> I didn't like. It. I was like, "This is very nice." And then I unwrapped it, and it was Pepsi Max, which I already know I don't like. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't mind Pepsi Max. I think it's fine, and like, but and it's usually cheaper than Coke, so you know, that's true. So I side that way quite a lot, but yeah, it's not. It's not as nice as Coke Zero, but not by much. It's very subtle. I can't remember again. Talk things I can't remember. I can't remember the last time I had a full fat Coke. Actually, oh really? Yeah, oh, I still get that in the smaller cans. You know. Um, yeah, it's been a really long time since I had one of those. I actually quite like the smaller cans. Like uh, it's, it's enough usually for. Well, you yeah. you get enough of the sugar buzz. Yeah. Um, I know maybe that is shrinkflation. Well, it's only shrinkflation because of the tax on it, but that's fine. I think it's fair enough. But, yeah, those diddy cans have always been that. The cans haven't changed size, though, right? They're still like 330 milliliters. Well, no, they, they are now I find that they'll they'll give you the 330 milliliter Coke Zero like cans, but then in the sh- shop they'll have like the straight sided cans that are taller but are actually less, 250 oh, no. mil cans. The Red Bull of, style cans. Yeah, of. of uh, full fat Coke, a regular Coke, and, and oh, for no. the same price. Yeah, so, but I actually quite like that, so I'm fine with it. Yeah. If I want more liquid, I'll get the zero, and I won't have the sugar. I, feel, I think in general I'm a volume guy. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know, Rob. But when it comes to beverages, I'm quite into my volume. I guess that's why I drink Don't beer. Have, yeah, no espressos <laughs> for you. No espressos, no. I want a massive frappuccino. 
which I probably can't have either, to be honest, because it's laced with so much cream and milk. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's probably worse for you than a full fat Coke. Yeah, these I days. Although, in fairness, this past week, pretty much anything I've eaten has made my stomach feel bad. Oh, so, no. All, all theories are out. <laughs> oh, no. What's been the trouble? Food, apparently. Food, yeah. <laughs> Bloody food. Can't trust it. <laughs> I did have my it, first... <laughs> well, most of the time, yeah. I did have my first Maccas this week, though. Oh, I haven't done that yet. What was it like? I it wasn't it. I mean, it's like exactly one of the first like places you're... in the country. Yeah, so we, we were we were one of the first. I don't mean what was the food like. I mean, what was it the experience like? <laughs> I mean, pretty much normal. We went through the drive-through. They, oh, they didn't cool. have any. There was a very limited menu. Like you could only get oh, the, right. the classics. You couldn't get any of their and none of their signature stuff is there. For instance, none of their right. seasonal burgers are there. Um, uh, it's the same at BK, to be honest. They don't have any of their Angus stuff at the moment, I don't think. They've just got their regular meat. Yep. Um, which is fine by us. Bacon XL double cheese is still about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and it was. I had a Big Mac. And it was a Big Mac. Mm. It's making me want a Big Mac now. I was questioning whether or not I should have got the quarter pounder instead, though. Yeah, I think I think it's always it's a toss-up nice between those two. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure which I truly prefer. Well, the burger I truly prefer at McDonald's is the Big Tasty, which is annoyingly their anti-seasonal burger. Like when they haven't got anything else on, they'll put they'll the Big put Tasty that back on. on. Mm. And the Big Tasty is like the best thing. I think I'm a Big Mac guy, but I do get the occasional quarter pounder. I think I want a slightly bigger burger. That's the thing, and I don't Neither want that middle. Are... I don't want that extra middle layer of bread. Yeah, I guess because a quarter pounder is like more wider in circumference, but like uh, a shorter. slightly thicker patty. Yeah. But but yeah, very very much less. You only get one. Yeah, and it's more tomatoey, I think, which is also yeah. a, a sort of downside for me. Like, you prefer the, my creamier sauces. The Big Mac sauce. Yeah. Mm. I prefer that big tasty sauce because it's smoky and gorgeous and mm. 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 I'm supposed to be going for burgers at my brother's later on. Oh, sounds nice. Yeah. Before before they decide to reverse all the lockdown that it sounds like we might be getting towards. Yeah, get um, in there. Reverse the easing. I mean, going back to lockdown. Unease. Unease. <laughs> Disease. <laughs> Dizzy. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, one thing you can do in lockdown is play video games. News! <laughs> What's going on in the world of video games? Well, there were some things that happened. Uh, I think it's safe to say E3 is over now. Yep. Well, assuming Nintendo doesn't suddenly turn up. <laughs> Well, they they sort they half turned up. No, they, they like they they like happen. lent in they like lent in the door and were like, "Hey guys, we're we're up. We're, would anyone want to ride home?" <laughs> it doesn't count until it's an actual direct. <laughs> That's true. Not a direct with a subtitle. <laughs> I mean, we're, they're kind they're kind of in a weird place now where we don't really know what they're doing. Are they giving up on directs? Okay. That was well, there was the rumor and then the anti-rumor of that, so we don't actually know. And then they did this di- mini direct, 
So it's like <laughs> anything is true. Nothing is permitted. Oh, yeah. What's <laughs> the other way around? Isn't it? The opposite of an Assassin's Creed. A, a, a bouncer's promise. A, a bodyguard's promise. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, news. Right. Yeah. Uh, Let's start with the... Let's get the Rocket League out of the way. Um, Rocket League have announced, a year after their purchase by Epic Games, that they are going free-to-play and removing the game for purchase from Steam. Hmm. I mean, they had already announced they were removing it from Steam, but they hadn't announced the free-to-play bit. <laughs> yeah, now it's announced and out. It's like it's properly... It's full, it's full on now. Um, yeah, the, the game is going free-to-play. Uh, existing players like... Like myself and Zach, will get some stuff for being legacy, I suppose, is okay. what I called it. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, free to play is probably going to give us another influx of players, which might be fun. That you can commence the lemons, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems sensible. But the, the 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 most the interesting part for me out of all of that is not the free to play bit. It's not the fact that they're removing it off Steam because you know Steam is still going to get updates. They're not going to penalize you for having the steam version of the game they're still supporting it there they're just not letting you buy it there right um, even though it's free so you can't actually buy even it. Though, even though it's free yeah yes <laughs> yeah um but they're they're finally making all of your inventory cross-platform oh. so um yeah and if you if, if you were to play it on my xbox now or on your switch all of your stuff will be the same on both but have they announced what the, like is that they are just actually going to finally expand the rocket ID like they said they were going to? It sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> that thing that you forget even existed. Well, you yeah, because you push right trigger in the menu and then you're like, oh yeah, and then there's like an in-game friends list and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're actually doing it properly. It seems finally. I, I. You know, we hoped was always the goal of Rocket ID, but they launched it and then went quiet, and we were like, "Oh, okay, I guess not." But yep, they're doing it, which is great. Just uh, another indicator that you know, I guess the the platform holders are becoming slightly less uh, finicky about products like this, thanks to Fortnite. I don't know about that. I think there's. I don't think there's been any progress on that front. I think Rocket League have just taken a long time to take advantage of what they already had in terms of all the crossplay. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you know what I mean? But that was the whole reason why. Well, not necessarily why crossplay was a thing, but why they were worried about like inventories and accounts. And actually, maybe for uh, it was only uh, relatively recently that Fortnite actually started allowing you to inventory share on PlayStation. Yeah, like, that's PlayStation that had already Sony always been the one out. holdout. Yeah, and apparently that when Fortnite did it, it still managed to fuck everything up, like it started <laughs> deleting people's inventories and stuff. Right. And there's a slight question mark, I suppose, of all this, like what happens to the platform-specific items? Does that mean you get? We're probably not going to see Mario Gear turn up in the Xbox version of no. of Rocket League, for instance, or I mean, you know, that, the Warhawk's like, probably not going to turn up on PC. That is the question of like. Are you going to be able to see it in the menu but not equip it if you're not on the right platform? Because it will still be your inventory. <laughs> yeah, good point. What does it do? You must be in there, but then might put up a not supported thing or something. Or what if you have revert, like a... revert you back to Octane or something? It's like what if you have a preset 
that uses one of these in your in your in your card setup presets, and it then you log into a different a, platform. Yeah, it must just swap it out for a blank octane or something. Well, presumably, then, but, but then have to put a warning on it or something, or just not let you use that preset. Well, I mean, presumably, it could just do what it already does from a visual standpoint. When you're like, if you're playing against someone on the Switch, that like you can't see those on PC, they just get visually replaced with hmm. an appropriate car. And yeah. I think I think it's not always the Octane. Like, for example, the PlayStation special car that's a that's the um, ice cream van from Twisted Metal or whatever. Oh, sure, that'd be that, the Merc, that right? gets replaced with one of the vans. Hmm. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah, do, do a hitbox appropriate replacement. I imagine the Warthog must be a van as well. Yeah, probably. Or maybe one of the like sort of taller but normal cars, like the, the Zippy or something, I don't know. Oh, right, yeah. Anyway, Rocket League, free of play. How long is it? How old is it now? Five years? Something like that? Yeah, they just had their five year anniversary. That was that thing that you didn't get the gold eggs for. Yeah. <laughs> cool. League. But now it's time for the most exciting announcement of the week. <laughs> uh, a little, a little developer that uh, Zach and I quite like because of their work on uh, Lethal League, mm-hmm. Team Reptile, put out a little teaser trailer for something. A little something called Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. What a name. That is Oso Jet Set Radio. Oh, interesting. It is pretty much Jet Set Radio, except with little boost backpacks. <laughs> it seems. And no rollerblades. No um, rollerblades. How do you move around? Well, you're still grinding. Yeah, you, it's like you grind, but like, presumably you just run when you're on a rail. With really, like, what percentage of the game were you not grinding at Jet Set Radio? <laughs> yeah. <true. laughs> Quite a low percentage, really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, with with Mr. Hideki Naganuma what? working the soundtrack. So it, it's legit Jet Set Radio spiritual. Oh yeah. Okay. It's they, they are they are going hard on this being this oh, this is Jet Set Radio. Sweet. But it's not, but it obviously can't be because it's not Sega endorsed. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, that's a, that's exciting. That's hella news, man. Yeah. Bomb rush <laughs> cyberpunk 2077. Yep. No. But who knows? <laughs> like. <laughs> If they can pull it off, that's the one problem with this whole thing. Like, they, I mean, I, I think they're well, at least in terms of have the aesthetic and like, yes, they know and the musician, obviously. But like, can they make a whole game rather than just like a single screen weird combat pit pong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, their little, their little teaser definitely has the look down and the animation down. It seems, you know, it's a uh, just just that little clip is seems like a pretty close approximation. Enough to get me hype enough. But yeah, it's a tiny little teaser. It's like 15 seconds long. So you can't really get a... We can't get a true feel for it. But, you know, they talk about tagging up the streets and messing up cops. It's probably that game. Yep. Seems but which way. game? It's like, is it future or is it regular style? You know, mm. there's, there's, a, there's a question there. Well, uh, the only question also... there is how how complex are the graffiti mechanics yeah. and how annoying are the cops? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. You either have complex graffiti and annoying cops, or simple graffiti and less annoying cops. Yeah, <laughs> those yeah. are the two options you had back in the day. 
they uh, they have at least said that they are focusing on this being a single player experience. So you know, there's no even it's, though it's Team Reptile and they've made a name for themselves being, you know, making two decent multiplayer games and some other stuff that I can't really remember, but they have made other things. Um, it's uh, yeah, they are they are making this a single player game like Jet Set Radio. So it's like, ooh, ooh, okay, you're not you're not trying to be different. You're just being that, and that is totally fine. Hmm. It is time. So yeah, I'm I'm hype. Also, make sure your system specs uh, meet the, um, the the recommended that they've put on there. The Steam page lists the sound cards as uh, being you, you need a Naganuma compatible device. Oh, okay. <laughs> you top grade. Hugely important. <laughs> it's got to be Naganuma compatible. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love the vibe of this already, and we've not even seen anything, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, it's like they started making games for us like lately. Like, Yeah, I, man. That Star Wars Squadron thing is like made for me, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we've got a ways... I think we've got a long time to wait, I think, for, for that. It's a bit, you know... I assume it's super early in development, but I don't know. They've had people playing it already. Like... Yeah, it comes out in October. It's like a few weeks. Though. Oh, not sorry, not squadrons. I meant oh, I was yeah. talking about bomb rush, but yeah, bomb squadrons. Rush, yeah. yeah, that's that's, that's got to be nearly done. Uh, nearly done. Yep. Sorry. Uh, yeah, talking of stuff like that, um, Yakuza Like a Dragon put out a or Yakuza Like a Dragon. I still haven't decided quite how you're supposed to say that. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon put out a new trailer. With an English dub, Ooh. and then so this is the first time they've done that, I think. And what about um, the uh, the like lip syncing? Is it the Japanese? They have lip synced it to English, ah. which makes me worry. Okay, is, like if, if you've got both, or if you ah. just lip synced it to English, and like because that would suck. Like, yeah, that if, was if the, the, if the version the... we get. Because what was the, What was the game where that was a big problem? Oh, oh, oh right, obviously Tsushima. Yeah, but that's Tsushima's all English. Game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that would, that would kind of blow if we don't get the ability to play Yakuza like a Yakuza game. Um, I think it's probably unlikely, right? Yeah, I mean, you would hope because it would that would that would kind of be a bit of an anti-fan thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it might get more player more people in. It's not that the voice acting seemed bad actually either. Like that, the, the trailer seemed pretty convincingly still goofy. <laughs> and hey, it's got George Takai on the on the cast list. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> so it, now, now the question sort of stands a little bit. It's like, how do you play this? Like, do you want to play it with that English dub because of the star power now, hmm. or stick to the stick to your guns and play it Japanese style, which might be a better fit, you know, because that game is anime at heart. Hmm. Still kind of fun. That game still looks rad. Uh, right. Um, Nintendo Direct Mini was rubbish. Because <laughs> it was more of a partner show than a right. Nintendo show. Which um, didn't count. <laughs> yeah, and it was super short. It was like 15 minutes or something. Um, but the, uh, the one takeaway, I think, from it that is kind of cool is that they are still they're, they're putting out DLC for Cadence of Hyrule um, 
which always seemed like it had been the plan, even though they hadn't ever announced it. I mean, based, on, a... no, based on Necronancer to start with, and also like sure. the game seemed like it could have used more content. <laughs> yeah, it really does need more than what was there. It's a, it's a shame in a way that it's DLC, because yeah, I, I, I think it's a fair criticism of the original. I think that it was a little light uh, in size. Yeah. Well crafted, but a little light. Um, uh, so, you, but some, uh, so there is like a little mini, one of the DLCs. I think is a little is a new uh, like addendum to the campaign or a new campaign. It's hard to tell quite how big that thing would be. Um, but there also there's new characters to play as, and more importantly, there's a music pack so you can get new songs. Yeah, but the trouble is that like they say it's re- remixes of basically all the tracks are already in the game which is fair enough remixes of the remixes you mean yeah (laughs) which is fair enough i guess and also that's kind of how it works in necrodancer as well i don't know if they're going to do the same thing that necrodancer did where they just have some of the characters automatically use the remix music instead of the bass music when you're playing Mm. against them yeah i wonder but like that kind of still implies that it's all going to be the same bpm (laughs) which is not what i want (laughs) You want a bit more variation between. I want a remix and... mode where it like actually changes all the tempos. Mm. Weren't they saying as well that like probably the least appealing thing wasn't one of the characters like miss a single beat and you die? <laughs> well, I mean they did that basically in Necrodancer as well. Essentially, all the all the special characters in Necrodancer had unnecessarily ridiculous conditions that were like completely impossible. Hmm. Like the character where if you pick up any goal, you instantly die. <laughs> <laughs> And considering enemies wow. drop gold when they die, it's virtually impossible to play that character. Yeah, that sounds rough. Um, that's kind of really all I want to say about that. Really, there's like there's there were other things, but they were not that interesting. No, I mean I'm not when I mean I guess Shin Megami Tensei Five is kind of a thing. They that was rumored years ago at this point they had a tiny little one screenshot thing i mean i feel like somehow like when you have four games in the series rumoring that there's a five is not like <laughs> that's barely counts as an actual rumor at all yeah but it's coming out 2021 um yeah i mean that's a that's a series that's kind of well uh, well liked i guess but not really of interest to us <laughs> Uh, Fair. So, so let's talk about that Xbox, yo. yo this yo, was yo. the one. This was the this was Microsoft coming out and being like, "This is our game showcase." Yeah, their chance with some extras. Yeah, to fight the PS5. And they opened with a Halo Infinite demo that everyone assumes would have been the the, the playable demo at E3. Um, had anyone been there. Um, and there's still hope, you know, hope among some people that this demo might actually be released uh, for Xbone, you know, as part of um, Xbox's summary thing. But I doubt that. I don't think. I don't think we're getting that. The demo. Um, no. And also, they eventually came out and said that it was actually running on PC anyway. <laughs> so even if they wanted to release the demo, it might not work on consoles, as it says. Sure. Yeah, which is um, a whole part of the the conversation around Halo Infinite at the moment. It's not so much about the gameplay, which, to be honest, looked good. It looked like Halo. Um, you get a sweet grappling hook now. Right. Um, 
Halo plus grappling yeah. hook. Yeah. Yeah, and they seem to have like dialed back on the other mechanics that they've had in the in the last two games. Like there doesn't seem to be any ground pounding or any uh, um, you know boost jets, whatever, to dodge around, which is well, Halo Five. Depends whether they've gone back to armor abilities or whatever. I guess. Yeah, something like that. It, it did show um, like a it wasn't a bubble shield, but it was like a a deployable deployable yeah. shield. Yeah, and I think they've had var- there was a variant of that that shield in Halo Five as well. And yeah, they've they've kind of, they've been around those things. Um, but it was like a one. It was one of those one-way shields, right? You could, you could it would block stuff one side, yeah. and stuff from the other side. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I think you know, gameplay-wise, it looked interesting. The, the, you know, there's a, there's a bit of open-worldiness going on, mm. but no one really is sure if it means that there's going to be larger open-world areas, or if it's going to be like you know, silent cartographer style, where we give you a, the mission is a bigger single area. Judging by the map, it looked like it that the it pans over the map and it's like here's your three targets, but they're clearly on like a, a sort of an island of land with like a giant gorge around cliff, yeah, <laughs> huge walls, yeah. So I think there's probably room for like those those missions to probably like increase or decrease in scope. So there might be bigger open world mm. levels, and some of them are more traditional fair, which is fine. I think that's that's the approach I'm kind of more okay with. Yes. Yeah would like a normal structure if you think that like you know there's plenty of missions over halo's history that have had this sort of middle ground like mission two in halo combat evolved which this was very much trying to evoke yeah right? it was trying very hard to try and evoke that 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 level to be able... yeah and you know there's some levels in reach where you've got to take out some multiple targets you know stuff around sword base i think it is the first mission you're near sword base and you've got mm-hmm. a couple of things to take out Guess what? They were anti-aircraft guns. Um, of well, maybe you were turning them on. I think you were turning them on in that case. Right, because you were trying to defend on. Reach, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it, it, and the the whole evoking old Halo thing is is very much what three four three have said that they're trying to they're achieve trying as well. They they are explicitly saying it's like, hey, we want to go back to some of what made halo great because that's we feel, that's we feel like I we've got. lost our fans in the last two yeah that's what i got from the teasers like last year two years ago or whatever like that they were trying to evoke the old halos a bit more and i was excited by that but i have to i don't know i'm it's not working it's not grabbing me unfortunately no no <laughs> um, but, it, but it looks so much like those old ones it does thing, but it? like although the gameplay does look fun i, I, I admit um but I think it's this, um, the story stuff that they're showing is not intriguing me, really. Um, yeah, there's, not, there's no real like bigger hooks going on here, are there? They're, they're, they're yeah. keeping all of that pretty close to their chest. It's like, we knew going, you know, even before this trailer, that the bad guys are going to be the Banished, which, yeah. or a splinter thereof, which were the bad guys from Halo Wars 2. Right. Um, um, or that, yeah, this bad covenant group. And... Uh, it's cool to be fighting we, the we, Covenant, like, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. With, a, you know, the full complement of the Covenant as well. It's yeah. not just the elites. It's, uh, you know, we've got the Brutes and, you know, and Grunts. The whole, the, whole, the whole gang's here. The whole gang's here. Well, we didn't see, like, we didn't see buggers, but that's, that's fine. I can yeah. do without buggers. Me too. Yeah. To be honest, I could probably do without Hunters. Place them with something else. But... Oh, yeah. They got they got more annoying as the series went on. I mean, hunters yeah. were fine in the first game, but they got yeah, they got a bit silly. 
they were a cool idea, but they weren't actually that much fun to fight. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, so most of the conversation has turned not so much towards the gameplay, which, you know, as everyone says, seems fine, but more towards the look of it. And that right, there's, yeah. a, there's a bit of an uproar in that, you know, most people looking at this thing just go, this isn't really hitting my next-gen buttons. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with them in that it looks fine, but it doesn't look groundbreaking. It doesn't look like there's no. anything really new going on here. It looks like all the techniques they've le- we've learnt from this gen, yeah, just done again. Like, where's my generational leap? Where's my? We're put, we're clearly going beyond the boundary of what we could do before. And it's like I'm just I'm not seeing it because it was a little bit. There were moments in that demo where it perhaps had a couple of frame drops here and there. Um, there's some popping in places, like when you when he comes out of the map. You can see a few things load in again, like it lost them when it was in the map, and then they yeah. <laughs> come back out and it yeah, loads them and back. the pop in was quite um, quite noticeable throughout that demo. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some yeah, there's some cloud work in the back. Oh, like I've watched the digital boundary thing; and they pick out quite a few of the pop in things. I did. Some I was definitely noticing the that, and... like watching it the first time though, especially because they were. Yeah. It seemed like they were making a big deal of how epic the landscape was when you went up in that lift or whatever. When he goes up yeah, in that yeah, lift, yeah. and all he I'm turns around. Is, like, things but then when he turns. But then when he turns around, I think like so the digital foundry think that they've got a like a dynamic lighting system going on. Like sure. none of that none of that landscape is 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 baked. baked yeah. Um and uh I don't think it's a real time system. I think it's a controlled system. And uh, I don't think it's a full day night cycle, if you know what I mean. Like I don't think you're gonna go into that mission one time and get a night version. Um um or if you take long the night light's gonna change. I think because I think you can see when he's going up the lift. Mm. And he turns around to look at the landscape. I think there's there's a moment where you can see the the shadow maps change in steps. Right. And now I'm not yeah. quite sure if that's an LOD thing, like because he was going up the elevator and getting further away from the stuff on the ground that the shadow map was changing because of LOD, or because they wanted to change the lighting a little bit to make it look like the sun had set a bit. Right. And the best time to do it is when you've got a bit of time on a lift. If you know what I mean, yeah, there, there was there were some signs that perhaps it might be a planned lighting change engine mm. going on, yeah, things like that, which is fine, and it's kind of cool to see them going all the way of doing full dynamic lighting. But there are other side effects to that. So everyone seems to have a bit of a problem with how the materials in this game look. Yeah, like they are quite flat and plastic, plastic looking, yeah. and the Craig uh, memes are amazing. <laughs> I love the Craig meme. <laughs> I think the the digital foundry view on it is is is, is quite accurate, and that like yeah. a lot of the, the 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 combat and a lot of the time where you get to really look at the detail, you're in shadow, so there's no specular yeah. detail mapping going on. Um, so like yeah, the current the current gen techniques just aren't letting that detail shine, if it's even there. Um, but yeah, as a result of that, you end up with materials that look like it's like oh hey, the brutes have made made stuff out of kevlar rather than out of the weird alien metals they used to use why is that and um hey that hologram at the end looks pretty ropey <laughs> like that that was not an impressive close-up of a brute face no no it, no it was not and that was supposed and, to be their big finale right and, and there's even some clipping going on in his character model and things yeah. like that like if you could pay real attention to it and it's just and I just I'm just worried that like 
like everyone's worried about like the flatness or whatever but i or whatever and i'm sure they can probably fix that with some of the lighting and stuff like that but like and obviously they're they're going for 4k 60 on the series x right yes. whereas like like it's hard to compare that to like the last of us part two at 30 on a at 1440p upscaled on a on a ps4 pro like in sure. some ways that's going to look better even though it's this gen and this is supposed to be next gen because they're trying to target they've got bigger maps well uh, i mean last of us has got big maps now but uh uh but doing that 4k 60 is just so hard even for like new new hardware yeah they're targeting twice the resolution and yeah. twice the frame it's yeah and it's but like, so is that's... that the right thing to do i don't know and i mean i think 60 is definitely good but like halo oh yeah 60 in... should be the target halo 5 yeah. proved that halo running at 60 is great is is way is great but the old halo games were not right they were 30 right like reach was 30 on the 360 years ago uh yeah everything was 30 i think even halo yeah. 4 was 30 on yeah. the 360 it was only it was only five that changed the default for yeah. the series being 60. But if you're going to um, double the frame rate and the and quadruple the number of pixels, like it's going to be real hard to, to make that like look like a generational. Well, that yeah, is the absolutely. generational leap. It's actually in the performance, not in the uh, graphics, as it were. Yeah, not, not necessarily in, in yeah. pure techniques and pure fidelity. It's but the, the problem is, from a marketing standpoint, like that Unreal Engine 5 demo was absolutely mind-blowing and was like, this is the future, whereas this is supposed to be the future. You know, they needed this to look like the future, and it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and they haven't really, and they didn't really have a product to show this time that has that, you know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, we'll come to it in a minute, but yeah, there's there's not much on Microsoft's lineup this time that still says that you know screams this is next gen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then for the Halo, like Infinite, like even though they're trying to go back to a more to appeal to me, probably specifically like original Halo fans, the art direction more that way. I just don't really like the art direction. I, I, uh, which has oh, nothing really? to do with the graphics. Yeah, I just something, and also this is really dumb because like I've, I've fallen off halo massively since since bungie i haven't got involved with the 343 stuff but like no one's mentioned this but for me this is really annoying it's like the original halo had this kind of aspect of slightly hard sci-fi it wasn't hard sci-fi at all it was just a space opera like star wars really but it had at least it had the ring right which you know which mm. was for like a larry niven kind of idea you know this thing that spins around so you get the artificial gravity this is doing that right it's got the ring and you're on it but it's got a great big hole in the ring which looks cool but makes no sense the whole thing would just fly apart and for me that's kind of you know emblematic of the whole thing right it's a force field it's fine yeah, whatever. But then why, why have a ring fields. at all? Like, if you're gonna, we've we've already proven we can do gravity on a flat surface. It's, they want, I know, they like... want the ring for the gravity, not for the structural. That's the that's why you'd have a ring, but then have it be able to have a force field held together whole. But as it turns out, the the, the fact that it's a ring has nothing to do with that, right? Because it's, it's well, a ring yeah, yes, because it fires like works. a Death Star laser or whatever. It fires yeah. the small lasers into the middle because that's how the weapon works. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but you know. I just that for me that's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I'm with you. It's always going to be annoying, but there's because it yeah it breaks it slightly. Like it's um, a little thing. But they've broken it so long ago. I know. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean Bungie it broke it right with the arc <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So anyway, they broke it in Halo Three, and, and yeah. it's and there's been no real going back. No, um, that's true. 
And uh, do you know what's going on with... I guess we find out what's going on with Cortana or whatever. Didn't she, like, flip and destroy the universe or something? Or... No. So Halo 5 ends with Cortana effectively taking control of a lot of the UNSC fleet and possibly some of the Covenant fleet as well um, by convincing their AIs to join her. Right. So, yeah, basically, the, the, yeah, the AIs have taken over. <laughs> and what's her goal? Take over the world or the universe? I, you know what? I can't really remember. Okay, fair. I think she's just gone a bit mad. And it's just like, yeah. hey, humanity's not... You know, I think it might be the classic, like, hey, humanity can't be trusted. Well, Organic yeah. life can't be trusted. I think it's one like, of the theories that I heard about it, which is based on some book, Halo Law, is that because she's been because she's interacted directly with the grave mind in the past one of the things that the flood is actually good at is corrupting ais because it, it's done that in the past so they sure, think that yeah, it might have actually corrupted her basically onto the side of the flood because she was starting to mess up in halo 3 right she yeah was starting to go rampant then um but not because of the age thing not because of rampancy's timeout that that's that only really started kicking in in four I mean, she's well, not. there's a there's a there's a theory that um, was it the banished guy at the end of the trailer talks about is it the archangel he mentioned he mentioned some right, name right. some yeah. name <laughs> some character and and the assumption is that that's actually Cortana currently. Okay. Um, this game is supposed to wrap up this trilogy though. It is supposed to wrap up ah, okay. four, five, and six. Even um, though they didn't call it six. Even though they didn't call it six, yeah. They're trying um, to do a lot here. I don't know. I, I mean, I wish them luck, but it's not really grabbing me. I'm still going to play the hell out of it. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, and, I, and I reckon I'm going to love it because the, the, yeah, I don't know. It, it, see, it seems good to me at the moment, but you know, uh, yeah, visually not in, not too impressed. But hey, it looks like Halo. And I'm kind what, of okay what's the with deal that. with the multiplayer? It's like free or something. Yeah. So this is the other thing. Like you're not paying for the multiplayer when you buy that when you buy this if you yeah. if you're buying it and you're not playing it on game pass um the yeah the multiplayer is going to be a separate component and is going to be free to play in some way um we don't really know much more than that that'd be kind uh, of cool. oh, oh and, and, and it's not and it's not well. coming out it's not coming out with the launch of halo infinite either it's going to lag behind oh weird oh so if you um, get this it would it be this year then multiplayer for halo we don't know oh, okay that's quite weird yeah you, you'd think so, they'd want that for the console launch right a multiplayer shooter. yeah i think it's, it's it's a little strange um there's also been you know the develop three uh, three have come back and uh, uh, like come back with, with some statements since all the graphic stuff came out, saying it's like, yeah, no, you were right about some stuff. We're going to look at those. We've, we've, we've got time. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff we, you you've picked out that we were already working on. Yeah. Which is interesting. You know, they're they're aware that this was a you know, hey, we put this demo out there. We knew some of this was going to come up. Um, we're already working on it. Fine. But you know, they they at least acknowledged that there were some points raised that they weren't aware of, and that they're they're adjusting. Um, cool. Change changing tack on some things, um, and and yeah, to their credit, three four three have always been pretty good on their community side. You know, they've yeah. always been responsive. They've always turned around and said, "Yeah, this is," especially with Master Chief, right? They turn turn around and said, "Yeah, it's busted. We know." <laughs> right, they're fixing it. Yeah. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean they fixed it quickly, but most of the time they have gone back and sorted things out. Yeah, I'm really impressed with the Master Chief collection so far, and I've only played one of the games. Like, yeah. 
and and at least they've gone back and fixed reach right yeah mostly you know, they fixed the most most egregious problem with it yeah, but... the sound yeah uh, yeah, so I'm I'm still holding out hope. I think it's I I think like a lot of modern releases, I think my hope dwindles the more I see. Weirdly, I think that's just true of yeah. anything I watch now. There's not many things I go out and say and say. Um, the more I see of this game, the more I want it. Except that Star just Wars doesn't Scorpions. happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yakuza like a dragon might be the one. Yeah, and I can't say. Bomb Rush Cyberpunk is in that category because we've only seen one thing. Um, cool. Uh, uh, okay, there's enough Haloing for now. I'm sure we'll. Oh, they, I, I think they also said that Series X is going to get in further improvements after launch as well. So they're not even done with their Series Xiness hmm. of how this thing works. Um, there's there's some talk that there will be some ray tracing support, which there isn't at the moment. Things, things like that. So, it, it, when Infinite comes out, it's probably not the end of Infinite. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. All right. So, what else did we have? Uh, State of Decay three was announced. Um, fairly obviously, I suppose. What else was that studio going to do after the first two State of Decay games and Microsoft mm. buying them for those? Um, I'm pretty sure that was a. You know, that was a CG trailer. That definitely wasn't oh, graphics. Yeah. Um, uh, we got to see some, what that was described as early development footage of the next Forza Motorsport, Motorsport? Motorsport game. Yeah. Because um, you were complaining look- about the graphics of, of Gran Turismo, Zach. I, I think this does, does look better. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I think yeah. this, it's, it's hard to tell a little bit because it wasn't like as full-on a view of it as we got yeah. for PlayStation 5. It felt and they like... did describe it as early development, which I found mildly surprising. <laughs> yeah, It's like, you guys, it you guys are taking... Yeah, you guys are taking your time. Um, it did but... look a bit like it was maybe lacking in, like, effect work. Like, the texturing and, like... Nope. Nope. Aside from the effects. Hang on, hang on, Zach. You're going to have to say that again. We lost you for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was saying that, like, it seems like there's that it might have been a bit lacking in effect work rather than like the models and the textures and stuff looked good, but there didn't seem to be much going on with like dust or mm. lens flares, even or anything like that. It seemed like quite a plain trailer on that side, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was just like, hey, look at look at look at how much model work we can do now, <laughs> more than anything. How, look how round these tires are. <laughs> So round. But they so shouldn't round. be any more round at this point. I, think, no, I wonder, they, I wonder no. when we pass the threshold of roundness, actually. I think, yeah. For, for, for tires on cars, yeah, I think we're past it. Because I couldn't, I don't think from like fours or five onwards, we've been able to really discern problems with the tires on a car. No, Maybe the what... other details, like round headlights and things like that, you might see some polygons here and there, but like roundness of tires, they've, they've had that right for a while. Hmm. I guess it's um, easy when you only have to render in an exact circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. You could probably fudge it. I mean, the, the tire texture itself is probably just like shading it. things like that. Yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. So but it would be nice cool. to see more of that. It would be nice to, more importantly, it would be nice to see when that game's further on, 
what its structure is because the last Forza game was apparently like you know just horrendously hindered by its structure and its microtransactioniness. Ah, uh, okay. Which so is to fix the game. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and like which has kind of been a problem since five. I mean, five was a little had microtransactions and they were kind of in the menus at all times. Pretty much every menu had a press Y now to go to the microtransactions for this. Um, uh, but like seven was kind of rotten with it it was the it was the one where they started getting in the way um and given everyone's been backtracking on that kind of model for for some time now uh, it'd be nice to see if uh eight or whatever they end up calling it maybe it's just called forza motorsport as the trailer suggested reboot uh yeah maybe they'll have solved that um, I'd still be interested to try it though, because as I say, it's, we haven't had a proper Forza Motorsport game come out on Game Pass. I don't think. I don't think Seven's in Game Pass. Hmm. Interesting. You think you'd be so playing that. on PC? Well, yeah. His, that's that. That is the awkward thing. It's like I. I, I mean, I guess I, if you know, because I'm a Game Pass subscriber, I guess I could see what it looked like on X, and then be like, "Yeah, that looks really great. I want. I want my wheel. Hmm. I need my wheel." So I'd probably be playing it on PC and then not getting all of the K's. <laughs> but but maybe a, f a few more of the F's. Yes, a few more F's. A few, a few less more K's, F's. a few more F's. I think I'd rather have a few more F's and a few less K's. Especially, I don't know. For a racing game, it's probably yeah. quite beneficial. They, they, you know, they've talked about... Oh, they... That was the other thing they mentioned about Halo Infinite's multiplayer. Sorry, I go back to that. They mentioned that that will support up to 120 frames per second. Ooh. On the Xbox, does it do that? Uh, presumably, it can only do it on the Series X. Yeah. That's what I mean. But I mean, I it... mean, they've already said Series X is going to have high frame rates. High frame rate support. Uh, can you get 120 hertz TVs as well, or is it just for monitors? So my TV supposedly has some variable refresh rate stuff in it, but I don't know what its range is. Okay, interesting. I think I think there are a few out there that can do it, but I suppose if you plugged it into like a gaming monitor, it would be fine, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, just... does that mean does that mean the new Xbox will have a Display Port? Because mm. you might need it <laughs> for some of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, anywho, moving on. Uh, we got a new Everwild trailer from Rare. Um, I'm still not sure I know what that game is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks nice. And they had the the lady who voiced some of the characters from Viva Pinata turn up. Or one of the characters from Viva Pinata, anyway. Cool. <laughs> talk a bit about it. I was like, I recognise that voice! I know that lady. Which is a standard Rare thing, isn't it? Where, like Most of the casual-ass Rare staff tend to voice the Rare games. Hilariously. Yeah. Tradition. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what that is. I don't know if it's going to be... There's a lot of ritual going on. A lot of dancing. A lot of let's rescue nature. Maybe they would actually try and do that thing that they kind of inferred that they were trying to do for CFEs and just make a game where there's no combat. <laughs> we maybe, yeah. CFEs was never going to have no combat. Come on, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, let's let's see what else. What else is interesting here? Um, Obsidian announced a new project um, called Avowed mm. uh, that 
looks like it really wants to be Skyrim. Or Lord of the Rings. Or right. Lord of the Rings. It's just, it's or... just high fantasy, isn't it? It's just generic high first per- fantasy. First person high fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Obsidian came from. What did they make? No, it's not not Neverwinter Nights. Alpha it? Protocol. No, I mean way back. Like I'm sure they made uh, like. Oh God, I don't know. Because Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights were Bioware, but I I think uh, what did Obsidian make? Ugh, can't even remember. To the internet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the meantime. In the meantime. Uh, Microsoft have required or have created a new studio for some project. Um, called Interior Night. Um, they are currently working on something called At As Dusk Falls. I don't know if that was a Microsoft studio. I thought that was just a partner. <laughs> no, I thought that. I see, I see. I thought they'd acquired it, uh, but no, maybe you're right. Um, okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't didn't really like the look of As Dusk Falls. It was strange. Like it's a story-driven thing, but where all the people are animated like a comic book, so like very like single frames, they say a thing, then they move to a different frame, say a thing, but the environment is rendered. I don't know, it looked weird. I don't know. The best take on a visual novel. Yeah, yes, I didn't really get on with that aesthetic. I didn't, 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 didn't sit well with me. Okay, so uh, they... Uh, um, Obsidian was kind of formed after the end of Black Isle. Uh, oh, right. Do you remember Black Isle? So Black Isle made like Icewind Dale. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. And Planescape Torment. Uh, oh, and, yes, yes. Yeah, which classic. And Obsidian actually made Neverwinter Nights 2 because they ah. because they made KOTOR 2, right? And they also made Never... So they did sequels to... Um, yeah, they kept getting stuff. picked up to do... Uh... Yeah. And then they, and then of course they did Fallout New Vegas, right? The sequel to the. Sure. So they always did like the weird sequel, right? To everything. The weird, awesome sequel. Until South Park Stick of Truth. Yes. <laughs> and then they didn't get hired to do the sequel. <laughs> that was the they they got replaced with the sequel, I think, of the South Park RPGs. Yeah, it's quite weird. Had it happened to them. They didn't have, yeah, I suppose they didn't really have too many of their own projects. I guess yeah, that was, was the only one yeah. I can think of, yeah. yeah. And now they've got Avowed. So. And Grounded. But, but yeah, what, what I kind of uh, mean is like Planescape Torment and Icewind Dale, they, they were like, I don't know, they were like fantasy, but like with a twist, with their own unique thing. So maybe that's what they'll do. Because mm. it looks kind of from the trailer like fairly generic high fantasy, but I'm sure they'll have a, a twist, you know, an obsidian take on these things. Mm. They've done it before, even though they were Black Isle at the time. Epic conversation. High fantasy conversation. Yes. You can deflect an arrow with insults. Avowed! <laughs> <laughs> you fight like a dairy farmer. <laughs> you just shout a vowel at things and then they, they, they all like, fall apart. Don't begin. Uh, we've got a Psychonauts 2 look. Um, and I'm, It looked like gameplay from just one of the areas. Like, uh, you know, because it seemed to be all of the same theme. And the first Psychonauts game's whole thing was that, you know, every person's brain looked wildly different and had yep. different, you know, different mechanics and different quirks and gimmicks. Yep. Um, um, 
but so I thought it was a little strange for them to focus a whole trailer on one on area. Just one. Yeah. Well, they yeah. don't want to do too much spoilers. No, I think the aesthetic is the most important thing, really. It, it could be tricky for them to to do that. I mean, I thought I thought it looked good. Like the, the the time that that game actually looked best to me was when Raz walks sort of out of the darkness, and you can see the like nice shininess of his goggles. Mm. And it's like I thought that shot was really nice. And then it gets into the world, and I'm like, oh, okay, it looks like Psychonauts. Um, it doesn't really look again like an evolution particularly it just looks like oh this is what it would look like if you made psychonauts maybe a few years ago right <laughs> like but yeah hell it looked like psychonauts that's, that's not really necessarily a bad thing it would be the strength of the writing and the inventiveness of the absolutely yeah it's um it's gonna hugely hinge on that um uh we also this is a slightly surprised sequel to stalker uh, well, I say surprise because Stalker was it was Shadow of Chernobyl was that what the first was called? Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. This was it was a was a PC shooter, sort of shooter, I guess. Sort of shooter. How would you describe anyway? it? Survival. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a kind of survival. Yeah, survival shooter. Even though they, that wasn't really a genre at the time. So they're making a sequel to that. Um, this was its first like view i think although it, it's been known about for a while and it's supposedly been in development hell um, oh, for, okay. for a reasonable amount of time um so it's kind of nice to see a surface i suppose definitely i'm kind of interested in this that's good okay do i never played or really have any association yeah. with the first game i mean I knowing think, that it was kind of a big deal i think they were a bit janky those games good and janky you know in a kind of deus exy way <laughs> it's on the same tier as like the Fallout games of the age, yeah. like Fallout 3 or whatever. Yeah, it's, exactly. like, it's an open world ish survival ish first person shooter, but the mechanics are slightly jank. Hmm. So who's who's making this? Is it is it people can fly? Am I right on that? Is it hmm. I don't think I don't know. I think they they were always their own team, weren't they? Just I don't think they were known for doing anything else apart from Stalker. Yeah, that's oh, what I think. Okay. Okay, so there was that. Uh, Warhammer, don't care. Um, going to talk well, I mean, about... you, it's like it's only interesting because they're basically doing an exact clone of their own game, except in a different part of the Warhammer universe. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose you're right. They're doing even. Is it Eventide? Was that the the other one? No, you're or, no, Vermintide. <laughs> Yeah, even yeah, it was Vermintide. Sorry. Yes, Vermintide. Um, That's why it's funny because it's now Darktide. It's like they've yeah. moved on from fighting the rats to fighting. Well, actually, I guess I don't know whether it's the Chaos or Necrons. I could be either of them from Darktide. Zombie guys. Probably Necrons, presumably. If it's probably zombies. in a sort of Left 4 Dead fashion, which is exactly what Vermintide was. But yeah. Vermintide has done pretty well, and Vermintide Two is considered quite a decent game. Not that we've touched it, but you know, it's. Uh, it's done well for Warhammer, let's put it that way. Yeah. So this but, makes perfect but, sense. But maybe moving into the 40k part of Warhammer might make it slightly more interesting, yeah. I guess. Get more interesting technology options, possibly. Not that you can't make up medieval technology and make it still interesting. I mean, I don't really have any attachment to Warhammer, at all, like any of them, but like other than playing the first Dawn of War game. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, hey, if I was going to pick a Warhammer to play, it would be 40k. Because <laughs> it's just cooler, right? It's space marines. 
Except that you're probably not ever going to be Space Marines if that trailer's anything to go by. You're going to be shitty Imperial Guards. Yep. <laughs> you just die a lot. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Tetris Effect is getting an update and a release on Xbox um, as Tetris Effect Connected, oh. which basically adds multiplayer. Um, and there's going to be both co-op and competitive um, variants being added. Um, which is great. Which is great. That's no bad thing, because that's what that's the whole right in the Tetris Effect package is that there's no multiplayer element. Mm. Uh, so they're filling it. Um, so this will come out uh, this year, I believe, on Xbox and PC. Uh, but we'll be getting the, the update. The connected update will be coming to PlayStation summer next year. So it's not like it's not like this is just an Xbox announcement. The PlayStation will be getting this for free as well, which is good. It's just it's a weird like ex- anti-exclusive, whereas like semi it's exclusive yeah, to the Xbox, for, but the game is already out on the PlayStation. <laughs> it's like the update is exclusive to Xbox. Yeah, or not not exclusive to Xbox, exclusive to not PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there was the Gunk, which I great name. I don't know quite how. I, hmm. If ever there was a game that looked a bit B tier, this might be it. Like you're doing stuff with Black Goop as a sort of third person adventure game. Well, I mean, um, it does. It's one of those things where it seems like they they came up with a technology to make goop and then base the game around it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, and they, this is one of the developers that came out. Um, we haven't mentioned this yet, but the, the, this is one of the developers that have sort of said we couldn't, we can't release this on normal Xbox because we need the power of Series X to for our tech. Oh. Um, so this uh, this is one of the uh, there's, you know, we might as well t- touch on this now then because there's been some confusion over Microsoft's previous statements about um, that the, the, their first party titles or the Microsoft published titles are going to be um, cross gen um, and that they're, they're going to maintain that for a while. Um, there's uh, they've since sort of stepped back a little from that uh, to say actually we're not. We'd like them to do that, but we're letting our studios choose what's best for them and their games. Okay. Um, so uh, you, if you are expecting everything that they're working on to come to the current gen Xboxes, it's like temper that slightly. It's prob- probably not um, going to be true. Um, I would wonder, like, especially when we're talking about things like Forza Motorsport and that, you know, that visual stuff, it's like maybe some of that can be scaled back for Bone, but maybe they don't want to, you know, because it's like, Maybe they're scaling up their tech across the board, so it needs Series X level power to do it. Um, who really knows? Um, yeah, I hope there's not a lot of. Is this the thing scaling back for bone? <laughs> yeah, back for bone. Back for bone. Uh, we got another trailer for the medium, which continues to look like one to of mention- those. <laughs> you forgot to mention how it was really disappointing that the gunk didn't have robots. I mean, come on. Why? Why, why is that disappointing? Fill me in. It's the makers of Steam World <laughs> with their cool oh, robot, that's, cool robot universe that they created, <laughs> and they didn't use that. Oh, they made a different brand entirely. I didn't realise it was the same devs. It says it at the start of that trailer. 
Well, yeah, I missed that. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Yes. But yes, I would. I would like that's all. I. I don't know if it if it's just like I mean it's fine to make a different because all of their games have been well no all of their recent games I guess have been based in the Steam World universe like you've got Dig and Dig Two but then you've got that the card game whatever that was called Book of something <laughs> I can't even remember but like and then the the XCOM game <laughs> that they made in the Steam World universe. Oh, uh, right, yes. SteamWorld, was it called Steamworld Tactics? Or? Oh, no, Heist, that's it. Heist, yes. But, like, they they have their, their Steam Robot universe, but this isn't in that universe, apparently. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it would have been so much but, cooler yeah, to have those robots actually be in a 3D game and have their weird robot voice acting. <laughs> yeah, maybe that would have been better, actually. <laughs> or maybe it's just, like, t- it's like, because it's 3D, they're like, eh. Different yeah, we universe. do. We don't want to actually think about converting this universe into a three D game. We'll, we'll just leave that for the two D style. Yeah. <laughs> the gunk. Uh, they're they're basically remaking Fantasy Star Online too. Well, maybe there seems to be some like uncertainty about what that game even is. Yeah, it's some it kind like of it's, update it's... expansion. It's like, people. It feels. It feels a bit like Realm Reborn to me. Yeah, some like, people have hey, been extremely the... hopeful that it is like a Final Fantasy fourteen like complete rebuild of PSO, but that's probably this is not. A, this the is a case. modernization <laughs> of it. Well, because it looks like it's running on completely new graphics tech for one thing. Yeah, like it doesn't look like the original. Um, the areas they've shown off seem to be seem to be bigger than than PSO's corridor style environments. Um, they've they've talked about it being more open field as well, um, in general, without saying whether that means they're adding new areas or if they're replacing old areas or any of that jazz. They've talked about how there's a limited amount of character transfer between existing PSO2 and, and this new one, which you know excludes things like your character leveling and things like that. So it's like it sounds like there's actually quite quite little that comes across from PSO2 into this. I mean, um, I can definitely see it just being like, you know, the Guild Wars expansions, where it's just a different separate area that you have to tr- move into, and then your characters just have like a different skill tree, essentially. I mean, I imagine it's like going to be a fully different client and things like that. Like, it's, I doubt it will run under the same platform. Like, it'll be a separate game you have to launch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would be a fairly significant update to that to make it like compatible with that new stuff. Yeah, I mean, but still the be able PSO2 to run the old like, I mean, that that the PSO two may have only just come out here, but that engine is like, and that game is eight, nine years old now, something like that. Yeah. So it's. But that's not to say they couldn't update it. It would just be probably more effort. Hmm. <laughs> Rather than just pulling some server data of like your characters off the off the other server and putting it into the new client. Sure, yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, Crossfire X, which Microsoft have been pushing a little bit, <laughs> but a um, bit too as, much. Yeah, maybe a little too much, which is because it's a it's a fairly hugely popular military shooter out in China, hmm. um, and is being brought to uh, consoles for the first time. Um, but they're adding a campaign that Remedy are making, ah. which is kind of interesting. 
And I'll be honest, that trailer looked good. Yeah. Kind of like, like Mission Impossible or something. Yeah, a little. A bit, a little bit Mission Impossible, but a bit more of a military slant, you know, more about yeah. guns and <laughs> that. But the, you know, some some conspiracy esque things going on, and yeah, it looked kind of cool. And it, it looked it looked kind of all right, like a Call of Duty trailer should. If I'm being honest. And then we got a one more thing. The uh, rumors were true. Playground Games are indeed working on Fable. Who were they again? If they could manage to make it come out this time. What did they make? Uh, Playground Games are the team behind Forza Horizon. Oh. So they're uh, they're British then, obviously. Yeah. They're a British team, yeah. And and soon after um, Horizon 4 came out, uh, the rumours started to to spread that they weren't working on a Forza game as their next project. Ah, Interesting. Um, and it, very shortly after that, said they were working on some big open world project. Oh, and it's like, well, that's yeah. no surprise. You've kind of been doing that for a while, right? Just with racing. And so, so the rumor mill immediately thought, well, hang on, we haven't seen Fable for a while, right? But I mean, what happened to Lionhead and everything? That Lionhead don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's what I thought. So <laughs> yeah, is, is Microsoft anyone... closed them. Yeah, um, so, as I wonder, they closed them when they cancelled that last game. Well, or yeah, it was approximately the, the same time. They, Maybe not. Fa- exactly. Fable Le- was it Fable Legends? The yeah, asymmetric so. multiplayer game? Yeah. And they cancelled that and then the saw, well, Sodja yeah. will close the whole lot. Yeah, I'm just wondering if any of the employees went on to a playground. That would have made sense. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. Lionhead was just Bullfrog, was it? <laughs> yeah, basically. It was post-EA Bullfrog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We didn't really see anything in that trailer other than it looks fabulous, you know, and British voiceovers. I, I it seems to be all anyone really cares about in with fable. It's like, yeah, yeah like British as hell. <laughs> the weird twee Britishness that yeah, I'm not really into. But there you go. <laughs> as long as the game's good. Yeah, I've never never really got into fable myself. It's no. Not really. No, it's not really for me. me. Uh, so that was the, that was all the Microsoft stuff. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if we're going to be honest about it. I don't. I think they're in a similar position to PlayStation, and it's like, okay, this stuff looks good. None of it's probably coming out at launch, like aside from Halo Infinite. Uh, so it's like, when 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 are we getting this stuff? Like, yeah, it, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really. It's a weird situation because, like with PlayStation, it's like this is a strong year for PS4. You've got Last of Us and uh, Tsushima and and um, Cyberpunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then what have you got on the PS5? Well, probably patches for those games. And then, <laughs> like, yeah, probably Cyberpunk. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and but with Xbox, it's like yeah, I guess Xbox. We know we're getting Halo. That's kind of it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's such a big deal that people are freaking out over the graphics, mm. and and why it's a big deal that I don't care about the story, <laughs> even though they're trying <laughs> right. to appeal to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was like blown away by it. Like we like because Hellblade was only mentioned sort of to remind people, hey, we're still working on it. Like they didn't show any new footage. They they just sort of 
say so had an interview of a ninja theory guy and it was just like all right cool this didn't need to be here um yeah it's funny about the graph because yeah i always think like oh is it that like nothing would blow me away now but it's not true because like that 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 unreal engine thing did blow me away and like yeah. frankly like flight simulator looks amazing <laughs> yeah, i was about to bring that up actually yeah because like the, the some of the tech behind flight sim looks the sky the sky tech in particular yeah which you know important for a flight game <laughs> um, yeah that some of the lighting behind that looks incredible like really very impressive stuff like how it passes through like it's not even just like how it just passes through clouds it's how light seems to disperse in the air yeah there's something about that that looks new and exciting there's um like they did. They didn't cover it in the digital foundry video. But if you were to like really d like dive into specific locations and pick out the details on the ground and stuff, there's there's places where there's quite a few issues. Like oh, this, yeah. I've heard I've heard stories of cars like driving over the the the, the tall bits of suspension bridges and oh, things wow, like that yeah, instead yeah, of going yeah. along the roads and like <laughs> That's quite and like waterfalls like flowing up hills at yep. times. Yeah. And, you know, details like that where it hasn't quite matched up. And there's there's some spots, you know, even the Digital Foundry bit shows a bit where they, they found what looks like a uh, uh, a satellite imagery seam where the, the style of photo changes um, oh, yeah. that they've had to pull in. But it's still, like, the tech behind that stuff is still hella impressive. Yeah, it's, it's like, very cool. Uh, and it's only going to improve. You... Like, they'll, they'll, they'll be patching this game for, like, five years or probably longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they haven't got it, you know, like Halo. There's no ray tracing in it yet. But then they were saying yeah. it's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna add some ray tracing stuff, and uh, um, clearly there's gonna be a lot more um, uh, hardware and peripheral support they're adding. Although they it sounds like the current peripheral support is already pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that thing looks cool. Like I don't, I don't know if I'd really spend a huge amount of time with it. But yeah. like, hey, it's uh, it sounds like it's actually gonna be on Game Pass as well. Amazing. Or at least the start the starter point of it. So that that might... really is a good game pass game, isn't it? You don't want to like buy it outright, but you want to faff around with. Yeah, I just want to have a look. Just want to have a little 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 fly, fly over Ipswich, see what it looks like. I could see my house. Um, <laughs> I could see Maybe an AI generated see like approximation of my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because you know some of the flight paths from Stansted do fly over it, so it's like mm. I could mm -hmm. go there and see and see other traffic heading you'll to get, Amsterdam. You'll get to see whether they've updated their Google Maps image, <laughs> except it's not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Actually, that's a good point. Right. Uh, yeah, so that was that was Microsoft. Uh, what else we got? Um, Cuphead was surprise announced on PS4. Okay, so we can break our PS4 controllers. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Call of Duty. The next Call of Duty game may have been accidentally revealed by a leak of a Dorito, a Doritos promotion. Do you want to know what it's called? <laughs> Please. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Double subtitles are real. The whole point of Black Ops is it's set in the Cold War. Well, the first one, yeah, yeah, and bits of the second one, mm. and then kind of hasn't been the last. Well, Black Ops Four didn't really have any story. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. They're going back to the original Black Ops idea, are they? Seems like it. Yeah. If, mm. if well, 
I mean, all we've got to go on is that name, so maybe. Also, all, could like, be complete nonsense. Stations and stuff, wasn't it? I yeah, there, there was there was yeah. the numbers, the numbers, Mason. Oh yeah, Mason. Uh, yes, we'll see, we'll see how true that is. Uh, and finally, then, well, in my list anyway, I'm sure Zach will have some some various extra news. Um, the Nintendo Giga Leak, mm. which is supposedly like a um, a treasure trove of old source code and documents and things just from from ancient Nintendo um, that have just surfaced. And there's there's so much of it that we're still we're not really, you know, it's taking a while for everyone to trawl through it to find some gold. Um, but you know, a couple of little things have come out so far. Like, hey, Luigi was in fact in the Mario sixty four source code. Oh. But just just never made it into the final game. There's texture work and stuff for him there, um, but like green, not red. Or yeah, actually, green, not red. Um, but actually... no model data, so they've had to like fudge together some stuff to make ah. it work. But so, they have made it work. Luigi Luigi could have been made in that game hmm. from old versions of the source code, but yeah, it was removed from. The, clearly, we'd have known about this earlier had he made it into versions of the game that were put on the cartridge because you'd have yeah. seen the texture detail like hanging around somewhere. But hmm. uh, so there's that. Uh, Taito, uh, back in the NES days, were making a hockey RPG that sounds kind of cool, um, like ice hockey RPG. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which is kind of funky. Uh, and Nintendo had considered making an MMO version of Pokemon back in 2004, but chose not to. Yeah, that's and now we've got like those Temtems. Tricky, right? Trying to make uh, actually massively multiplayer game for kids, like 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 the Lego one or whatever. But with yeah. Pokemon, it would be so popular. I guess what they've got now is Pokemon Go, right? I guess it's pretty close, but kind of like really, MMO. yeah. And the I guess they're sort of touching on it, sort of, with the wild areas, maybe. Mm. But you got that Temtem now, if you want that, anyway. Mm. This is kind of that. That Humble Bundle developed, uh, or, you know, Humble Bundle pu published, anyway. Um, uh, Pokemon-like game. Temtem. Mm. Temtem. And that's my news. Cool. I think that's plenty of news for, for one week, isn't it? That's basically the that's basically our E three end of E three episode, isn't it? Done. Pretty much. It's yeah. over. Should we talk about video games we've been playing? I think Zach, you better be talking. Well, there's not too much to talk about <coughs> in terms of new things or new or going back to old things. I guess. I guess the one thing I did go back to was Autonauts again because I hadn't really played since they did their since they finished their like planned technology tree I guess by you know naturally I didn't get to any of that <laughs> hmm. I got to about the same place I always get to in that game which is really about the middle of the tech tree I guess technically but I also hadn't played since they'd added the ability to like do proper if conditions in your code which really, I, it's like it's not as helpful as I thought it would be because previously the way you'd do it is everything was repeat loops, and then you'd have like a breakout condition. Wait, wait, but, roll it back a second. So, how much how much code was there before then in this thing? 
well, I mean, that's it. <laughs> it was the repeat oh, okay. and then and then all the commands. But like, so previously you had the repeat loops and then you had the breakout condition. And I mean, that basically, that's basically how the if loops work. <laughs> Except it's not, it's like, then it's not a repeat. It's a, it's once through if that loop gets triggered. Right. And, then, right, and then the breakout condition. Well, no, I guess it is a loop technically. Well, anyway. The, yes, it's just a one-time loop, right. But the, the then like, no, well, no, I guess it's, I guess it is a loop, but it's a conditional in rather than a conditional out, I guess you could say. <laughs> like the repeat loops, if the condition isn't satisfied when it first tries to enter the loop, it. Well, no, I guess that is the same. Fuck, it is the that's same. A, well, in code, that's a, that's a while loop as opposed to a do while. Yeah, I suppose it is more like a while than an if, I guess, the original repeat. But then there is actually a slightly different one that you can also have where it has an else condition as well. So you can actually have essentially two loops mashed into one. So you can actually mm. do some amount of actual conditional. But the thing that's not actually helpful about it is like the the conditions are the same that they used to have for the repeat loops, which is like, it's not, they're all preset. It's not like it's programmatical conditions. So you can't be like, if you if you see this container contains six of this thing, then do this other thing. It's you only have like if this container is full or if it's empty, and those are like preset. <laughs> so it's not actually really that much more helpful than the repeat loops already were because it still has the same limits on the condition part of it. There's just not many conditions to choose from. So like too many things you can check check for. Well, yeah, essentially, it's like the, the, there are a lot of conditions that you can have, but they're all quite they're like not as free as you'd want to do really complicated stuff. It's all like full or empty and then like wait do this loop for five repeats or or you know, you type in a number of repeats, but it's still just like that number can't be conditional. You can't have like that be like a value. Right, right. But you know, it's something that makes some programming in, in that game slightly easier, and you know, uses slightly less of the code space of your robot's brain or whatever. So you can make things, you can do slightly more complicated things for with, for the same amount of code impact or whatever. Uh, how that I game see. it compiles the... more efficiently. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's optimized. So there's that. Uh, yeah, I didn't play too much of that. I also didn't play too much of Animal Crossing because I went back in there to because it was coming towards the end of July and I was like, oh shit, what if some bugs disappear? <laughs> <laughs> Need to get the end of July bugs. But fortunately, there was a whole bunch of new bugs in July, but there's there's not really any going away at the end of July. Right. So I didn't have really a problem with that. It'll be, it'll be when the July bugs go away, that'll be the problem. Because there were so many. And they're all like fucking tree bugs as well. Mm. So you have to make... you. It's I don't know if they've just like toned down the spawn rate of everything because it just seems like there's way less bugs in general at the moment which for summer is kind of like the exact opposite of what you'd expect yeah i was about to say the amount of midges about at the moment is bloody annoying so there's more variations of bugs like all these tree bugs they've just introduced in july but they don't seem to spawn nearly as much as they feel like they should which makes them catching them really annoying especially because tree bugs are always awkward because they spawn on trees so you have to have trees obviously and then, like, most of the July ones also only spawn on palm trees specifically, so you have to have palm trees. And then, because of the way the camera works in that game, you, like, if you're 
coming down the screen towards the bottom, you won't see the bug on the tree before you're already scaring that bug away from being too close to it. Hmm. So you'd have to take a wide angle. Yes, you have to kind of like loop around and then only come upwards through your line of trees to see if there's any bugs on them. (laughs) It's really Hmm. kind of awkward. So I basically planted one side of my island's beach just has a line of palm trees down it so I could run down the inner, like, off the beach. I could stay away from the trees on the path and then run back up along the beach and through this line of trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't quite got to the point of, you know, cutting down all the trees to force them to only spawn in one place or whatever. That was the that was the old tactic we used to use on the, like... Because in the DS game, there was a an island that you travel to that's like not you know it, it's not your island and it i don't remember whether it did save or it didn't i think it's like saved some information but like you go to that island and you basically just remove all the trees except for like a, a set number of palm trees only on the edges of the map and then you can just scroll the screen backwards and forwards really quickly to just constantly spawn more bugs huh. <laughs> it's like you can technically do that but it's like now it's your actual town <laughs> You don't want to completely ruin the ecology of your actual town rather than this just random island. I mean, I suppose you can still go to the random islands and theoretically do that there, but then you're limited. Well, no, wait, hang on. I was going to say you're limited to one inventory's worth before you have to come home, but they patch that. Now you can talk oh, really? to the you can talk to the pilot guy, and he will basically ship stuff out. Like you can dump your inventory onto him, and then still have more space to work with on, while you're out. Can you do that just? Like an unlimited number of times now. I don't know how it do- how it actually works because I haven't actually done it. But I, it's well, at, at the very least, it seems to imply that it automatically puts the stuff into your house storage, so you're still going to be limited by your house's storage. I see. Right. But yeah, it does. It, from the sounds of it, it does appear you can can at least solve that problem. So you probably could just use a Nook Miles ticket to go to one of those randomly generated islands and then just completely deforest it apart from one singular tree and just constantly grind the bugs off that one tree. <laughs> I might actually have to end up trying that because it's such <laughs> a pain in the ass to get all these bugs. Does sound quite funny. Yes, it's the traditional problems of Animal Crossing when you get to the where you get to stuff that's like rare spawn conditions where it's just like well you could just wait for it to happen naturally or you could very specifically destroy the ecology of the world in a very precise way that forces it down <laughs> that was how it was that was how it also happened with like the spiders or whatever when everyone was in the early game when where everyone was making money off the tarantulas because they were the most expensive bug but they only spawn they spawn on the ground at night but in order to up the spawn rate you have to remove all like all the flowers and all the trees so no other types of bug can spawn <laughs> Oh, right, okay. So people were doing that on on certain of those islands where you just like you just completely ruin the ecology, but you can force the spiders to spawn at maximum rate and just rack up a huge and fill your inventory full of spiders and get a huge amount of cash. <laughs> but because they're the nook, nook islands, yeah, they just they're they fine. Just, yeah, it doesn't remember anything that you ever do, so you just like right. you just leave. <laughs> oh, cool. <clears throat> Tarantula farming. Yep. They nerf that though. Like they nerf the spawn rate of tarantulas quite significantly, even if you fuck up the ecology. <laughs> but then, then at this point, no one cares any longer because everyone's been on the stock market long enough that everyone just has as much money as they need. Mm. Like I'm never gonna, I'm, I have eleven million that I'm never gonna spend in my bank. And it's just like, well, okay, I guess I don't need to even worry about the stock market any longer. <laughs> 
there's an achievement for making 10 million and I got that. And then I'm just like, well, okay then. <laughs> just keep buying those fishing rods. Yep. No longer need to craft tools while the shop's open, at least. Just go in there and buy them because it's much quicker than having to get all the crafting materials out of your storage. Because they still haven't patched that, the one, the mm. thing that all the UI things that people complain about. There's been a patch to put in fireworks for August. August is firework month, apparently. Every Sunday night, get out there and see the fireworks show. On August. Yep. What's what's so special about August? Well, that's why I was saying to Dan before the podcast is like maybe they maybe they specifically chose August because it's not related to any country's normal holiday where you'd have fireworks. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Nintendo firework season. Or maybe they couldn't think of any other holiday to do in August and they're just like, Well, we'll just throw fireworks in there. <laughs> maybe it's this is when we were going to open the Nintendo part of Universal Studios or whatever. <laughs> or Nintendo Land. Yeah. The theme park. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I did actually get round to doing some of the cleanup of my island, finally getting rid of the ridiculous amount of flowers all over the damn place. I got like two thirds of that done. <laughs> so that's nice. Don't have to be bothered by that horrible mess any longer. I still need to clean up the last third and then like move a bunch of trees around still because there's still even though I've I kept my island like partially natural. Like it, it, the rivers are in more or less, more, more or less the same spaces, spaces that they spawned. Like right. I just sort of tidied the the curves up a bit or whatever, and made some flat areas to build bridges across. But it's more or less natural in that aspect. And like the cliffs at the back, I left them more or less where they were as well. But like, I'd still have to move a few trees around because it's like oh this tree slightly obstructs the obvious route that i want to run in the loop around the island as i usually do <laughs> you've got the that's the kind of thing where it's, you're getting into like actual real civil planning where it's like oh people are going to walk across this grass because it's the most direct route so you might as well put a path there <laughs> uh, desire paths yeah yeah i actually did that i actually screwed myself on that front in my town design where i have like a flower bed that has that like sticks outwards and it's like and it's between the front of the two shops and i'm just like i shouldn't have done that that's a really obvious path i should have just left that as a path but it looks better as a flower bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's animal crossing so then there's plenty of times i think in real life in cities and uh, like parkland and stuff of like that where you, you're you're sat at one corner of the park going right i need to get over there it'd be really nice if there was a path that just went in a straight line from here to there but no they put this flower bed or this thing in the yes, way but that's, to... that's what it's like in real life that's why you get all the shitty like scruffed up dirt across grass where it's like this yeah, exactly this, but then you can't equally to that it's like if you build paths on every route where people actually would want to walk you'd have like no grass left <laughs> Yeah, mm. parks would just be concrete. <laughs> the escape is paradise. You have to limit it in some cases, but allow it in others. I have seen there's a there's a subreddit for desire paths. Exactly. So if you want some, there and there, one of them there, I can't remember which um, university campus, but they they had it all grass deliberately, and then they saw where where the desire path formed, and then they paved them over. So it looks like crazy, but cool. Yeah. But, but there's still mm. some grass left <laughs> in that one. It's because it's a big enough, like, you know, big enough area that, like, people aren't walking on all of it. 
Yeah. That's kind of fun. It's kind of a decent idea. Yeah. I mean, it's a decent idea, apart from like the you know couple of years where everyone gets wet feet from walking on grass until <laughs> until you figure out where the paths have to go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that was in California or something. Yeah, I think it. I think it might have been somewhere dry. One of those university campuses. Um, what else did I do? Well, I played more. Actually, not included in Rocket B, but I don't think we need to talk about those at that point. At this point, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> I very briefly went back and played Super Hexagon, I guess, because it's still installed, oh, obviously, because cool. all of my all of the small games on my Steam list are still installed. But you know, when you say you go back and play that, that's like literally ten minutes, <laughs> and then you die because the run is only a minute. <laughs> That I can look at my series and see that I played exactly eleven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite intense that game. Eleven minutes is yeah, quite a bit. Well, I mean, you need a few runs to be able to get to sixty seconds anyway. So. Yeah, but I, it turns out I hadn't really lost my ability to play that game, so I, I, I didn't have much problem getting to sixty on the slower speeds anyway. It's one of those games where I have like five out of six achievements. Because obviously there's six achievements, <laughs> but like I don't have the last achievement because God damn it, it's so hard. And the trouble, the trouble with Super Hexagon is like <laughs> it's a thing that I noticed about this and like when I watched TF2 replays back in the day, is like when I was watching TF2 replays, I'd watch them at like 200% speed so I could scrub through it quicker mm. to find like interesting bits to cut out or whatever. And if you do that and then actually go and play Team Fortress after you've been doing that, you're like, wow, everything's in slow motion. It's so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) But then then that that also applies to Super Hexagon. Whereas if you play the the hardest level first, the third tier, where it's the fastest the game runs at, and then you go back to the first one, you're like, wow, this is so easy. (laughs) Nice. Unfortunately, that doesn't work when you get to like the sixth level, which is like the hardest level, but also with all the graphical fuckery that it does to make it even harder. Like you can't, you can't. <laughs> there's no faster mode than that, so you can't like make it easier uh, by playing something else first and going back. Right. I mean, maybe you could like you hack the game to make the the game just run faster. Maybe you could do that. Like, if, like if you're watching, or maybe you could record a video of you playing Super Hexagon on the faster mode, then play that up. video back at 200 percent speed, <laughs> and then adapt to that. Trick your brain. Yeah, the thinking that the crazy mode is actually slower. Yeah. I wonder if that would work in Rocket League as well. I've never tried it. If I like watch Rocket League replays at 200 percent speed, then actually go and play the game. <laughs> Whether that would help. And then I did like a run of Enter the Gungeon at some point. Because why not? Because I, that, you know, I still have my goal of eventually one day getting those last, you know, hard runs done. Get the goddamn Paradox run. Finished. It's annoying because every time I, I like this time, especially when I played Enter the Gungeon, I was like, do I have enough, enough time to do a run? And like, because obviously Paradox run, you're doing two runs essentially. <laughs> yeah, it takes ages. I was like, do I have enough time to do it? And I was like, well, I'm probably. It's like I haven't played for a while, so I'm, this is probably going to be a successful run. But I'm going to play Paradox anyway, and then you know I got into the into the second run, and I was like, "Well, fuck! <laughs> I guess I didn't have enough time to do this run." <laughs> so I had to stop and save, and that never works. You can't stop mid run and then come back. You need to be in the well, zone. 
Yeah, I guess, but at least you can with Gungeon. Well, sure. I mean, you can physically. There's, it's there's, there's, there's so many roguelikes that have this sort of structure where you just can't. And I find that really frustrating. Well, it depends how long the run is, essentially. Like, you know, you can save and quit in FTL and into the breach and stuff, and, and you'd need to for those in some for most people because yeah, those are quite long runs. They're pretty long. And originally, in Enter the Gungeon, before the patch where they introduced saving, you maybe could have argued that it wasn't really necessary, even though the runs were like forty-five minutes. But once you get to the paradox, we are doing two two consecutive runs. <laughs> kind of do need that as an option. Even though I say you probably shouldn't, because you need to stay in the zone. Yeah, you've got to keep keep that going. Keep your skills up. Although, but actually... The, but isn't the paradox you could stop halfway through quite happily? Yeah, because it does kind of reset you in the middle. Because you go back to the start with a, essentially a fresh character without any real stuff. So, essentially, it stopped, it, you can stop quite easily in the middle of it. And speaking of that thing I was just mentioning about those other games, you can, I guess at Enter the Gungeon, there is that the speed mode where it, where it makes the game run quicker. So I guess maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do a run in, in the super fast mode and then do a paradox run and make it easier. Hmm. Yeah, go back and slow-mo yourself. But then you're doing free runs, essentially. Yeah. That's quite a lot. Well, your speed run, might not, you might not get very far. Well, true. And also, it should theoretically be faster regardless. Because you're just speeding out. Because the game is just fast. And there's still other stuff that I need to do in Gungeon that's not related to the Paradox run, like the Curse run, where you have to get your curse super high. Because there's like... There's an achievement for defeating a cursed boss, and I've never seen that happen. Oh, huh. I've seen double boss, where you get two of them. Sure. But I haven't seen like jammed boss where it's cursed boss, which presumably I don't know how that would actually change anything apart from because I mean, usually the jammed enemies have they have more health so they just take longer to kill and the jammed bullets do like full heart damage rather than half heart damage. So I presume that will be the same for a jammed boss. It will just the bullets will do more damage and it will take more damage to kill. It probably won't actually you know change the patterns or anything. Sure. Standard but, difficulty slider stuff. But yeah, I've never seen that happen. And I, I, I guess because I've never done like a curse run intentionally, really. I don't know how... Because there, there is a kind of a cheap way... Well, I guess it's not a cheap way. It's kind of an intentional way to initiate a curse run. Is like when you enter the Gundam right at the start, there's that broken shrine. And you can actually interact with that to just give yourself eight curse immediately. And like 10 is the huh. maximum. So you can effectively just start a curse run immediately as soon as you enter. But then, you know, I don't... normally I try to avoid curse because, you know, it's bad. <laughs> it's a curse. Unless you, have very, unless you have very specific items. And I guess that's probably how you'd get through a, a super high curse run, is to get, to get lucky with the drops, get the cursed bullets where your bullets just get more powerful when you have more curse. But even then, that sort of wouldn't you know, help you that much because you're still going to be fighting way more jammed enemies that have more health. So you, it's like that would sort of neutralize the curse. It would really make it easier. Yeah. It'd be a normal run again. Yeah. Aside from all the other curses. Yeah. Apart from the hit points thing. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll ever get to that. 
but yeah, one day maybe I'll. I don't. I feel like. I guess I feel like maybe I am getting slightly better at Gungeon over time, but maybe I need to like play it more for a consistent amount of time rather than just coming back to it occasionally. Mm. I mean, I can easily go back to Isaac, like, and just complete runs on that. Like, my my skill slash knowledge seems to persist quite well in Isaac, but I don't feel like it does quite as well in Gungeon. Mm. Or, or at least it's not increasing as much in Gungeon over time. Is that just because of the uh, increased visual craziness of Gungeon over Isaac? Or? Yeah, it might be because there's definitely there's definitely certain situations in Gungeon where it's just like you just literally can't perceive what is even happening. Like yeah. it's, sometimes it's your your guns specifically are like I can't even see the enemy bullets because my bullets are covering up everything. There's just so many bullets. Uh huh. <laughs> And you know the idea in that situation is you're meant to kill stuff fast because you have a ridiculous amount of bullets, <laughs> but that doesn't always work. I can't remember what the last gun that I had that did that was. It was certain certain, certain combos are certainly ridiculous. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I did find possibly the most overpowered combo I've ever seen. Oh yeah, of, of like there's this there's this gun which is actually terrible by default called the corsair which i'm sure rob has seen several times oh, yeah. we keep getting it quite often yeah it's the one that fires boats yeah it's the one that fires little sailboat bullets that like travel back and forth across the room they just bounce off walls for like a really long time mm. and they do like angle slightly towards enemies if they get close so it it's a technically a usable gun and then if you get the synergy for it, it gets quite a lot better because the like the the bullets get cannons that shoot other bullets, <laughs> <laughs> which is silly, but you know that's how gunshot works. Yep, love it. But like that that synergy wasn't even part of the combo that made it ridiculously overpowered because what I had was I had I had shadow bullets, so when you fire, you just get another bullet. So I was already firing two. That's obviously a good start. Step one. <laughs> But then I also had homing bullets, so the enemy, the bullets homing on enemies. But if you combine that with the Corsair's natural homing, it actually just makes it so the bullets just basically stop on top of the enemies and just rotate in place. <laughs> oh, wow. And because the Corsair bullets, because they're meant to travel backwards and forwards across the room for a really long time, they persist for a really long time, even if they hit enemies. So essentially what I was doing was just like, I'm not even aiming at the enemies, I'm just spamming bullets out, and I'm getting two bullets at once, and those bullets are just automatically homing on enemies and just sitting on top of them doing damage, which made it incredibly powerful for bosses. Because yeah. <laughs> you just have basically a huge ball of bullets that would just sit on top of wherever the boss was and just <laughs> annihilate their health. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. See, I love that. I love it when when these games do have weird quirks that you can just abuse every now and then. Yeah, it's it's. A, I I feel like like I I feel, I'm sure I've said it before, but like in Isaac, you're building towards that intentionally. Like you you sort of get the knowledge of how to combine items and what items combine well in Isaac. Resin Gungeon, it's more or less just random. You just get lucky, and it's like, oh, this this random item I picked up randomly combines with this random gun that I picked up. <laughs> Whereas in Isaac, it's much more intentional. And the, I guess the other thing in Isaac is it's also possible to completely screw yourself by picking something up, whereas that rarely happens in Gungeon. And also in Gungeon, you can just drop things. <laughs> yeah. 
Gungeon. It's a good yeah. game. One of the um, best. Unlike what Rob has been playing. Yeah. <laughs> You've correctly... Segwayed. Felt, segwayed and potentially felt the, uh, the, the notion I'm about to raise about Neon Abyss, which is basically the Gungeon if it had a 2D platforming... Oh, wait, that's Gungeon. <laughs> that's also... <laughs> that's Exit the Gungeon. That's Exit the Gungeon. Um, yeah, Neon Abyss is basically a, a cribbing from Enter the Gungeon in, in almost every way, except not. It's, it's it's like a halfway house between how Enter the Gungeon works and how Binding of Isaac works in terms of its items stuff um, and in terms of its progression um, and things like that. But, you know, it plays from a 2D platforming perspective instead of an overhead perspective. Um, and in theory, all of that should be kind of okay. And in practice, it's exactly kind of okay with some problems. Um, it's like, it's not, it's not, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed our runs of Gungeon. And that may be just because we played it in co-op and that's great. Um, but, and this doesn't have any co-op. Um, so you're, you're out of luck there. Um, but I think that the t doing it as a 2D platformer actually doesn't help very much either. You know, I don't think that's as fun as doing it from the top down. Um, it becomes a bit more, just because of how enemies work in a game like that and uh, how bouncing works like in a game like that and how gravity works in a game like that, actually being maneuverable and avoiding damage is really difficult. Like significantly harder than it is in, in Gungeon. Because there were just times we wander into a room and it's like, I'm in a little cubby hole. There's a lot of things heading towards me. What do I do? How do I avoid them all without getting hurt? Well, it's and it's like, like you're stuck on a 2D plane, essentially, rather than yeah. having a full well, range of motion. Well, the game the game's solution to that is to uh, actually make it so most enemies don't hurt you on contact. Sure, um, I mean so, that, so but you, you kind of have to do that, I guess. Yeah, you can pass, you can pass through most things without taking damage initially but most enemy most uh, quite a lot of um nasties will have some sort of uh um melee attack or a slightly delayed attack so like a lot of you know a lot of enemies don't actually shoot bullets they'll just come at you or they'll teleport onto you and attack or they'll um or they'll only attack when you shoot them and they'll they'll spit bullets out when you shoot them and things like that which creates a slight problem that if you're trying to move around the room and you're shooting your gun because you know that's what you do. If you want to actually get across the room, you've sometimes got to not shoot, which is a really unintuitive thing to try and do. Mm. Um, and I'm having a hard time remembering to do that because I'll just dive across a room. Like, oh, I need to get through here. I'm just going to dive across here. Oh, I've, I've somehow got hurt by either running into something and having its attack do a thing. Or the exact problem you just mentioned, and that this game gets pretty cluttered pretty quickly. And so telling threats apart from you, apart from your bullets, gets real hard real fast. Um, to the point where I haven't really figured out how to do that right yet. That's, you know, that's on me. You know, these games, there's clearly people out there that can do that, right? But I do think the barrier to entry on this one is steeper. Um, Oh, you know, the, the difficulty curve is steeper. That's a better way of saying it um, um, than, than Gungeons. Um, I, don't, I think it introduces you pretty harshly. Um, and that slope, that in like 
you improvement is harder, but also the progression of you gaining more stuff is is slower as well. I feel like because this is one of my this is one of the best and worst elements of these modern rogue like games is that each run you're effectively earning currency to buy more stuff that could appear in your runs, therefore expanding the game, therefore making it bigger and crazier mm. and more fun. Like so, as you go, you're effectively being given a bigger hand of possibility. Um, but I feel like you, you, you get these gold tokens every time you defeat a boss, but um, most of the early unlocks require like five tokens. So you have to go through five levels to get an unlock for your next run, which means you're probably playing more than one run to get one unlock. And that unlock is probably a single item that may, may occur in the next run. Right. Um, and so it, the progression feels real slow. And at the point I'm at, runs are already getting to the 45-minute mark. Um, and there's no save, obviously. Um, and there's yeah, and it's just getting, um, I don't know. I'm finding that element difficult because it's not really drawing me back into it very much. Like, there's a, there's a bit of me that sits back and goes, right, I've got to set, not only have I got to set aside 45 minutes of time, which I could do in Valorant <laughs> <laughs> and have a game of that, um, I've got to set aside that amount of time. And I've also got to, and I might not be able to actually progress anything from this run. Not all that appealing sometimes. And I know Gungeon and games like that get to that. You know, Rogue Legacy definitely did, where there are times you're just going in and being like, oh, I can't actually spend anything this run on improving because my last run was bad. Um, you, you don't have to blow all your currency every, every run in this one. You do keep it. Um, like the green hash things, whatever they're called in Gungeon. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just feels very slow um, on that front. Yeah, because like, it sounds like it's just balanced badly to the currency. Because in Gudgeon, you, you do get that currency only from defeating bosses, but you get like at least five of them at once. And like the, even at the start of the game, the things only cost like two. <laughs> yeah, and there's no variance on it. There's no like, oh, I defeated. I d admittedly, I haven't defeated a boss without taking damage, so maybe there's a bonus for doing that. And you get like maybe two instead of one, maybe. Mm. But at the moment, it's like you're always getting that one gold token for defeating a boss at the end of the level, and, and that's it. There doesn't seem to be any way of earning it quicker um, that I've come across yet. Um, other than that, it's like I actually, while it's got a smeg ton of items, even at this early stage, like with me not unlocking very much, they're like there, there are loads of them, um, and you've got pets like Isaac that can follow you around, and there's quite a few of those. Um, and there's mechanics around those. They can level up and they can die, and things happen when they level up and die. Some of them are good for you, some of them are bad for you. Um, same with the items. Some of them are good for you, some of them are bad for you. The vast majority of those items, like, there's, there's, well, there's a lot of them. A lot of them do the same stuff. Like, so there's a load of different items that will give you an extra heart container. There's a load of different items that will improve your gun firing speed. There's a load of different items that will improve the amount of bullets that will come at your gun. There's quite a lot of that, which adds to that clutteredness, because there's a lot of bullets going on if you level up after a while. <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot of things that improve the damage you're doing. Um, there's a, a handful of objects that will let you fly, which actually gets around a lot of the game's problems, if you ask me. But Because <laughs> then it just becomes a bit like Gungeon. You're just flying around and viewing it from a different perspective. Um, uh, and then there's... Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that ends up doing kind of similar things. Um, some of the pets, like a lot of the pets do the same job. Like an eight ball and a rock do the same thing. 
I mean, technically, um, Isaac is like that too. There's a lot of items that increase your firing speed or whatever. Sure. But, yeah. I mean, I guess quite a lot of them do have secondary effects as well. Yeah, I mean, some of them are combinations of those. Like, there's the odd Uber item that will do lots of buffs, and there's the odd. They're not explicitly marked as Uber items; they're just any other item. But then you pick them up, and they then you get all of the stuff. And there's some that will have a to and fro. Oh, you lose a heart container, but you gain considerably more damage. Um, things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, as I said, there's, there's loads of them, but they, they're they're mostly all in those categories. There's very few surprises. Um, uh, like you know, there's a couple where it's like, oh hey, your bullets will split mid-flight, and it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, you, then we, you'll create a lot of bullets some distance away from you, or the highly dangerous but quite useful every bullet explodes <laughs> um, item, um, which is quite fun but really quite yeah, it's super dangerous, especially with certain weapon combinations. Which leads me onto the guns themselves. Which I think are mostly trash. Oh, no, that's not good. Like, yeah, it's kind of the thing you want from these games, yeah. right? You want the guns to be really interesting and really fun, and like, and I think Gungeon does an amazingly good job with that. I think like it's got a large selection of guns. You're not going to use all of them all of the time, but hey, there's a lot of variety there. And my problem with um, Neon Abyss's guns is that most of them I will never use or never want to use, and will just go for the starting gun. Because, hey, the starting gun fires bullets in a straight line, and I can hit things with it. Um, if I want to use, say, uh, there's a gun that's modeled after Mega Man's arm, for instance, I can't hold down a direction and keep shooting at that because it charges when I hold down a direction of that and fires when I release, mm -hmm. which makes it really difficult to use. And then there's lasers, uh, but the lasers don't let you change direction while they're firing. So you fire the laser and you have to hold it in that position until you release and fire it again. So with a lot of the guns, you're now having to do some kind of finger tennis on the, on the R stick to keep shooting, um, which I hate. I really don't like how that feels. Yeah. And it's really fun. difficult as well. Yeah, I mean, that seems kind of fundamentally critical stuff. Has Dan just got really quiet or is that just my ears? No, I think Dan's just got really quiet. <laughs> oh, great. Well... Oh, it's clipping. Oh, great. That's yeah. the yeah. That's some. That's some mic fuzz happening there. Okay. But uh, Sounds a bit better now. Okay, good. a little bit. Uh, yeah. So there's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just not enjoying. There's there's some guns that I like, like the the, the cat that fires fish bones. That's that's kind of okay. Um, the um, fish bones. Like out of yeah, its mouth, right? Out of yeah. its mouth, yeah. It fires okay. fish bones that then shatter into smaller bones. Um, uh, and there's, there's, um, oh, what am I trying to think of? There's one that's just called Twins that basically just fires particles in a wave out the front, but when you get loads of them, the wave gets really wide. And so it's, right. it's kind of cool and it's kind of useful because it's just, you know, it's still firing bullets <laughs> in the direction you're trying to fire them mostly. Mm. Um, but in, in, in just the problems get a bit. I found one that was kind of cool because it basically fired a barrage of lasers in the in, like right in front of me, which was actually kind of useful because there were so many lasers, and they fired in a spread at that. By the time I got the gun, because I had so many power ups, so it's like the laser limitations weren't a problem. Right. Um, uh, and also they exploded on impact because I had that power up as well, so it was <laughs> crazy dangerous. Uh, but it was that that was kind of fun. Uh, but there's one that's like there's a rocket launcher that's like 
that like you think is really cool because it fires a salvo of missiles and they all and then they um all home on on enemies and things like that and they all explode causing loads of damage but there's a super long reload between shots so you're highly vulnerable <laughs> between shots mm. which then leads to the next problem in that you're only ever carrying one gun at a time so i think this would be fine in a gungeon like perspective where i can swap them out and be like right i need this gun for bullets but i might enter a room fire a salvo and then swap to a normal gun later <coughs> but i can't do that meaning that the variety of choice is totally taken away from me meaning mm. i might enter a room where this gun is going to be useless and i'm going to die so i end up sticking to the the to the you know the, the guns that fire like a normal gun Mm-hmm. So the and, yeah the stuff that's that might be on me. me that might be a skill thing but it's like I don't know I'm just like maybe maybe you should have had some of these guns that are harder to use locked behind later in the game like unlocks for later maybe and then have I don't know I don't know it's just, just like I'm 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 not finding very many that I enjoy using. It sounds like it's sort of a problem of because the gun is like the base layer and then you're stacking all these power-ups on top of it that could make you make it even less likely that you'd want to change it because you're like this this combo of items i've got doesn't even work with the gun that i want that i could pick up well yeah like so imagine you have the the exploding bullets thing which is super dangerous for most of the weapons yeah um and then you pick up the guitar and you just try it to see what the guitar does and what the guitar does is it makes a circle of bullets around you which then fire, fire out in all directions when you stop shooting. But of course, because it's making bullets that circle around you that explode, <laughs> the bullet just immediately explodes as it crashes into the floor. So you immediately die trying to use this thing, and you're like, yep, can't use that. Also, that gun kind of sucks as well. <laughs> I think it's okay. Like I kind of like what it's going for aesthetically. The neon thing is kind of fun. The um, they go for a more pumping beat music aesthetic, although it needs more of it. There's only like three tracks that appear in dungeons, um, and it could really do with more of that because I I'm bored of them already. Unless there's unlocks that are literally just unlock more music, <laughs> which would be fine. Um, yeah, I think it's just okay. It's not hugely terror. It's not terrible, and I'm sure some people will really like it. But it's the problem I have is that I've played Gungeon and Rogue Legacy. <laughs> you get spoiled by the good games. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I don't. I don't really see much of a reason for choosing that over there. Uh, this over them. <laughs> And, and so obviously the reason why Rob played it because it was free. Well, yeah, because Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, because Game Pass. Just buy Gungeon, it'll probably be solved. <laughs> problem solved. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll, 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 not a huge amount to talk about elsewhere, to be honest. Like I've, I've been uh, playing Valorant still. I think it it's getting to. Other. Thing that I really briefly wanted to say because you reminded me when you were talking about pets. Oh yeah. Oh, what's that? 
it's only a, it's only another Gundam story technically, but this is one that Rob kind of needs to know, and also was in our videos about. Oh, I right. finally figured out what the shifty pig does. <gasps> oh my god! What does the shifty pig do? Well, the thing is, I always call it the shifty pig. That's not technically its name. It's, <laughs> it's just because it looks just, like it. It's, it's just called like pig. And the text eye. the text describes it as shifty. <laughs> It's definitely Shifty Pig. But okay. I discovered what the Shifty Pig actually does, and it's it's actually super powerful, as it turns out. It basically, when you're about to die, it dives in front of the time bullet, and then you just come back to life. <laughs> Wait, what? So the last, the thing, last thing that can kill you, it. Well, when you take your last hit of damage, and the and it does that, Gunja does that sequence where like the the time cursor comes over you, and it and it shoots oh, you wow. with the time bullet. But, the, shift, so, the, shift, the shifty pig will just dive in front of that, and then you come back at full health. <laughs> wow! So did we did we lose the pig well, see, somehow the thing. before? That's the thing. It's like I'm pretty sure that I think the run the run that we had it first of all we got one of its synergies where it turns into like the zombie pig. Okay. Which I think like maybe cancels the the suicide effect. Maybe I don't know, but I think maybe the runs that we did it. Either we won, which therefore we would never have died to see it, and it yeah. probably only triggers on the last player in multiplayer, or maybe we dropped the item at some point when we were like, you know, dying and having to leave stuff behind or whatever. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, possibly. Or we just sold it because we don't know what it does. <laughs> That's also a possibility. <laughs> possibly. The shifty pig. But yeah, the shifty pig is actually like incredibly powerful because it doesn't only save you, you do come back at literally full health. So it's basically a whole second life. Yeah, that's really cool. And also, apparently, I haven't actually looked this up because because apparently, as I said, this is like the first time I've ever had this actually happen. Like every other time that I've had the shift thing, not even when me and Rob were playing in co-op, I guess I've never died. <laughs> really? Yeah. It really? must have coincidentally been runs I won. And, and, you know, in the early game before I was doing constant paradox runs or whatever. But apparently... After this, uh, the first time after this triggers, the actual item, uh, the item name and description changes to Hero Pig. <laughs> oh, cool! So if you see him in the future, he has a he just he's just called Hero Pig, and then like the description has been changed. Like you should, you never should have doubted this pig. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So that what was game. funny. Good old Shifty Pig. End of the Gungeon, such a game. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> Shifty pig. Uh, yeah, I was going to briefly say I think Valorant may be hitting the turning point for me sometimes in terms of community toxicity. That's I've had a run leveled up I've too had, much. No, you've I've had a, well, no, I haven't. I've I, I, I ranked and I haven't really moved. Um, well, because I suck, um, <laughs> and that's still true. Um, but it's a uh, but yeah. I, I, I think maybe the initial rush of players that were nice may be leaving. <laughs> I don't know. I just seem to be coming across more and more games now where people are just dicks. And, and uh, you know, it doesn't help that I'm not always the best player, right? And some players capitalize on that. Like, I have bad games probably more frequently than everyone averages out. I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'll have a great game, and then I'll have a terrible one. Mm. Um, uh, that's just modern me in general. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm getting the ire from players way more than I used to. It's like, oh, I just stay silent and, and lap it up. But still. Can you turn the chat off? 
that's you can you can you can you can com completely mute people when i still haven't never done that and there's and, and oh i do um and there's still a cat there's a casual there's a report feature that is more designed for that seems to just describe people being a knob basically in their thing so it's like a yeah. light report. yeah i guess they because they um, they've essentially brought that over from lol or whatever right the toxicity yeah. reporting side of things rather than just straight cheating or whatever there's there's like a disrespectful and just like like marks like that and things like that and so which is which <laughs> sometimes is, you wish you had that in rocket league <laughs> yeah i think rocket league might now actually have a straight up disrespect oh no it's text harassment isn't it and yeah it's not like, quite you know, the same stuff stuff more serious yeah and it's like because given that riot really do want to push for or you know their their messaging has from the start has always been let's be a good community like right they, from the launch they of, know how long the community was yeah right from the launch of valorant they've really said it's like hey we really want to make this a thing uh i feel like they're losing that battle at the moment like they, this is the same uh, that, that situation just, as as freaking sea of thieves again though it was never a battle they could win yeah i mean that's it's just really disheartening it's like there are days where i just think like yeah that's the gaming community and and then and then i have days where i think yeah that's the gaming community and that becomes a real i don't know a bit of a thorn in my thought process it's like god yeah we suck <laughs> mm. yeah i mean uh, I, but, I, and, then, and then you have like the like a couple of days ago where i had the funniest game i've played in a while because all the guys were like like london lads having a right laugh of each other like we get a, <laughs> we got a team that would like clearly knew each other cool and they were just have they were just ranting against each other and intentionally being bad at certain things just for a joke at times and it's like and it was great i loved it it's like, <laughs> it's like this this is what this game should be it's just like how much is it the fun times like that and how much is it the pain in the neck hugely rarely that good yeah yeah <laughs> yeah in school when it happens yeah um yeah so that was my valorant time and uh i will because we're running low on time i will briefly say i am a few hours into last of us part two. Oh, cool how's it going it's bleak man yeah it's bleak that opener oh they've done it again it's like okay the opening is not as strong as the first game and you have to you have to play for a few hours to get the kind of yeah oh oh this the is bad moment, moment. yeah but oh it's a moment and it's still like you're just like oh and they've upped the vis the viscera i suppose mm -hmm. you know it's 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 the, the, all the sound and all of the visuals are that much worse you know just in terms of violence this time Ugh, yeah um, it was already a pretty violent game and it's yeah, going, yeah they, they've really dialed it up yeah 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 the pooling blood and stuff it looks yeah yeah it's um it's it's brutal but i kind of knew that going into it and it's um yeah that's what they're going for yeah there are times where you look at some of the especially some of the facial work again and just uh, sometimes just the the way the eyes look in this game in particular and you're just like holy hell yeah this is a this is a pretty thing yeah um i think they've still... got the best like naughty dog with the, that stuff I think, I think it's yeah when they're when they're doing their cinematic stuff yeah is definitely where the game comes together i think their animation still actually has problems like when you're moving around the, the world it's like sure. it's quite janky at times and like when you're 
uh, and the way it controls sometimes, just like it's, it's, it's like it has some of the same old problems still keep coming up, where it's just like, oh, I didn't quite do what I wanted to do there, or I didn't, yeah. walk, I didn't get down from that ledge as gracefully as it looked like I should have, or I've clipped through this thing, or my arm has done a backflip somehow, <laughs> the rest of my body hasn't. Uh, you know, it still still occasionally does some of that stuff. Um, uh, but when they've got control, like it looks great. Um, yeah. And you know, and you know, it's running on the pro. It's running on my nice TV. It's high res. It's the fidelity's great. Um, uh, and so far, I've only had the very basic level of you know stealth and what this game actually is going to be about. Like, there's not been because it's trying to tell its story. It's been mostly uh, walk to cinematic, do a thing at cinematic, do some light infected killing. Mm-hmm. Hey, introduction. This is what this game's about. Um, I did have a I have one problem where it transitioned into a well, you know, you walk into what you think is going to be. All right, I'll just deal with these um, casual infected guys. Look, they look quite sparse. These should be quite easy to take out. And then you get um, like jumped by a by a horde, effectively. Yeah. And it's just like I wasn't quite sure. Like the the first, the first time I saw it, it's like only a few. Uh, like, okay, a couple of guys have jumped the hedge and they've spotted me. That's fine. Uh, surely, I, I guess it wants me to forcing me to do a bit of combat here. Um, no, 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 that was not what the game wanted me to do at all. It wanted me to run, um, right? And, and like, didn't hint it to you. But enough. it was right. no, it wasn't immediately apparent that that's what it was until I like until the numbers like increased the second when, when I did it the second time. And it's like, oh, there's a lot more of them than I realized. Right, yeah. you just want me. You're, you're just teaching me that sometimes running is the best is the best yeah. solution. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's, it turns into a big sequence, and it's kind of the build up to the to the bad end, to, or to, one to yeah. the bad thing, yeah, or a part of it. Um, uh, but that then you know sets up what the rest of this game is going to be, uh, which I've been told is really quite long. So. Yep. Long and depressing. <laughs> yeah, certainly, and I suppose. Yeah, but then it immediately did, like, almost immediately afterwards, it kind of did the Uncharted thing of, mm-hmm. like, you've done a bit of combat, now you're going to do an area that's a light puzzle. Yeah, that's quite nice. Uh, break it up. Kind of, except I don't know if I... Yeah, I don't know if I want that cadence again so soon after playing Uncharted 4. Oh, I see, yeah. Like, okay, because it's been years, obviously, for Naughty Dog, but for you, it's been... Yeah, but for me, it's been a few months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's just like it's feeling it's feeling quite familiar at the, mm. at the moment, and it's um, a bit less lighthearted than Uncharted Four, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of gameplay, that's, yeah. That's not to say I'm not enjoying it. Like I've, it's it's got the like one when it's one of those games where you sit down and you start playing it, and, it, and the way the story the way the story is told, and that every every little thing is a drip feed to the next thing. It's it's a bit like a TV series. It's incredibly yeah. hard to stop. Cool. That's great. Like incredibly hard to start. I really had to pull myself away from it yesterday. Awesome. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's just that actually sounds really good. Yeah. Hey, early days yet. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like okay. it might be one of those where it's like, hey, the stealth has ramped up, and now I'm finding it the worst game in the world. Right. But yeah. <laughs> as stealth dogs. may do with me. Yeah. So so we'll see. But it's uh yeah. So far it's it's working. Cool. Excellent. Well, that's good to know. The big, the big game. The big game, yeah. Yeah, and cool. We'll just have to see who fits in Cyberpunk. <laughs> what we <we're talking laughs> Yeah, who, who can wedge it in at the end of the year? Yeah. Cool. I think that might be a podcast. Nearly. That's a podcast. Yeah. 
Um, we got any YouTube videos going up for the uh, listeners? Yeah. Watchers, viewers? I think the next one will be another Portal 2 video. Mm -hmm. um, part 2. Classic. Um, yeah, which we had some recording difficulty with, but that all seems fine. It's, you'll never notice. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so check that out on our YouTube channel, Happy Salad. And, uh, and then uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another podcast. There, yeah. there will be podcasts. Tune in then. But there won't be any more news. No. The news <laughs> Probably is done. not. The news is done. Yeah. We'll, we'll get our post E3 lull now. Just yeah. slightly later than normal. Catch you for the lull. <laughs> the lull. Enjoy the lull. Enjoy the lull. Goodbye.